You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Welcome to Ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling news, interviews, and opinions. Mama, mama, me! Really? Woo! We got two words for ya! Oh, yeah! With Daniel Spencer. Acknowledge me. Jeremy Woman. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. And Linda Kay. Are you boys ready for the grind? And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel Spencer. I'm Jeremy Wallman. I'm Linda Kay. Uh, who am I? Oh no! What, what do we got here? Whoa! Uh, what's up, guys and girls? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? The one and only Eric Cornish. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Good to good to be back, and I couldn't miss this end of the year extravaganza. Yes, um, we had a little conversation, and I was like, uh, I pitched an idea to him, and and you you were not sure yet, but you liked it. I said, look, why don't we? You were on it for half the year of of ringside, and yes, you you know Linda took over, which Linda, by the way, has done an amazing job taking over for you, and as as well as we knew that she would, um, and uh, she's also better to look at. Which we all agree. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> so, um, but we, you know, we. I was like, "Why you have to be a part of this? You have to be a part of our in-year review, our ringside review for 2022." Um, and um, I'm, I'm just happy that you're able to to do it. And I think they well, all agreed. I, I think that. Linda and Jeremy agreed with my idea. So there wasn't just it was Absolutely. actually I agreed to the him taking your spot for this episode idea. I didn't know this was <laughs> I didn't know this was a part of the deal, but what a great run in to have. Well, I, uh, I appreciate it. And I, I when I had to step away, and of course, you know, life gets in the way. We all we've all had the the issues, but um but anyway, I you know, Daniel said you're still a part of this family, and I appreciate that very much. So uh, so whenever I want to do a run in, he's allowed me to do that. So, but in the meantime, Linda, you've been doing an awesome job and, uh, and I've enjoyed listening to all the episodes. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate that. Appreciate you listening still, uh, even though your name is not mentioned in the intro anymore, but doesn't mean that, uh, it's all good. you're not still part of the family, you know, I love listening and I love being a part of it when I can. And um, speaking of listening, guys, you can always find us on the Podcast Avenues, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or just go to ringsidepodcast.com. I want to get that at the beginning because a lot of times we say that at the end and people may not stay for the very end because they hear they're done and they turn it off. So I want to kind of throw that out there now uh, so you know where to find us uh, and you can get us all on the social media if you want to know when the next episode is going to air and who's going to be on it and whatnot at Ringside Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, and um, at Ringside Podcast on YouTube. Yes, we do have some episodes slowly making our way to YouTube as well, and maybe 2023 has a little more of a YouTube flavor. We'll see how that goes uh, this next year. 
so um, I, I'm I'm really excited about this uh, year in review. It's it's um, it's something we've we obviously this is what our fifth or sixth. I, this is our sixth season. So this is our sixth time doing this, right? Is that right? That, make, that makes sense. Um, I think one, two, yeah. This is our sixth time doing this, and um, is it? It yeah, seems like this is season six. We're in season. We start oh. season seven next month. So this is season six. Let's go. So uh, before we do get to that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Collar Nibble. That's right. When you go to collarnibblebrand.com, use promo code Ringside, all capital letters, you save ten percent, and you help the Ringside podcast out in the pro- process. You get the best wrestling apparel there is today at collarnibblebrand.com. Dot com. It's easy. Just store.collarnibblebrand.com. Like I said, anything in your cart, use promo code RINGSIDE. And if there's additional promo happening right now through the holidays and you still use RINGSIDE, you save an additional 10% on top of what you're already saving. So it's an amazing deal. Why not support it? And we appreciate those who've bought holiday uh, merchandise using our promo code this season. And um, Linda, how about uh, take it away? What else we got to, to our sponsorship there? Right. Uh, to make sure you are covered anywhere you are, any time of the day, any time of the year for that matter, make sure to go visit our friend Chris at ProWrestlingInsurance.com. Not only is it a full service, service excuse me, brokerage um, that offers supplemental coverage um, that's for accident, injury, no matter where you are, whatever happens, you can make sure that you are covered for as low as $8 a month. Uh, also, if you are a wrestling promoter, you can get insurance for your events at a decent or good rate, I should say. And lastly, ProWrestlingInsurance.com also provides life insurance. And that is for everybody. Yes, it's called ProWrestlingInsurance.com. However, on the service to anybody, we just have you know, a little niche audience here with ProWrestlingInsurance.com. But visit Chris and check out how you can make sure you are covered. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you to our sponsors. We appreciate it. And um, speaking of pro wrestling insurance, I'm wearing the little, I'm wearing their, their stuff right now, supporting them. Also supporting uh, uh, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling and uh, Dave Hero and those guys up there too, or where Linda's at. So, um, And I'm wearing a classic Colin Elbow shirt, Wrestling's Not Dead, which I find very fitting for this specific episode. Exactly. And, 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 and we might as well shout out with Jeremy. Jeremy's supporting the Ville with this Cardinal hat on and and uh, Eric is just uh, wearing a gray hoodie. So there you go. <laughs> hey, no, no. Uh-oh. Not a gray hoodie. Oh, uh, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. We're just a couple of weeks away from the uh, the massacre. I'm sorry, guys. Nah, it's okay. Yeah, I, I, I hate that y'all are going to hey. lose badly, too. <laughs> Man, uh, this is kind of inside. The wrestling world doesn't know much about this, but I'll just say Kenny won that game. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> First of many. First of many. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. All right, guys. Let's let's do this. We um it's the end of the year ringside review. The ringsides, is that what we're calling it, right? Is that what, what we've named the term? No, yeah. snowies. The we snowies. Changed we changed the, the snowies yes. last year. I did re- I did go back and listen to the last episode just to make sure, last year's episode, just to make sure I had everyone's down, all their predictions of what they chose, who they picked as their favorite. And as we go along, if you've listened to these episodes every year, you notice that what we do, except for the very first one, we didn't do this, but what we do is we talk about what we picked last year, and then we bring up our picks this year. Linda will be the only one that didn't have a pick from last year, which is okay. It's okay. She can say, uh, we trust. She says, well, last year I would have picked so-and-so, but this year, you know, uh, this is who I pick. So if she, I don't know if you did that much research or not, Linda, but um, but uh, just saying if you did want to throw that out there. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to basically, 
I've got an order here in my in in my screen. The last few years, other than last year, we because of COVID and we started doing Zoom stuff, we did it all like in person. So like we sat in a round table and we just went in a round. So what I'm going to do is the way it looks. Those were the days. The way it looks for me is I have I have a four I have the the whole block the Hollywood Squares or your your Brady Bunch look whatever you want to call it and I'm going to keep it in that order and I'm going to go and and sequence that way but how it starts is like for example if Jeremy's first and I'm second the next category around I'm second and then it goes to Eric and then Linda and then the next time around it goes to Eric it goes like that it goes in, it goes in a round table if that makes sense to you all hopefully it does if not then thank well. you for ex- ex- uh, mansplaining that to all of us well I wanted people to understand that on on the on no, the platform that's listening now that we know how a circle works we can do this <laughs> yes. thanks for the circle help yes so I'll um I'm gonna start it off with Jeremy I think I started off with Jeremy last year. And, uh, That's probably the best. And Jeremy, since we're going to start it off with you, um, I'm going to let you, and also I did this last year, I'm going to let you pick the first category. The only two that you can't choose is wrestler of the year and female wrestler of the year. That's the only two you can't pick to start it off. But either of the categories up for grabs, so go ahead, pick your first category. Where do you want to start with? Oh, shucks. I thought we did it in order last year. Um, we, we never We never do it in order. We just... You all right, let's, do, let's let's let me spin the wheel. Oh wait a minute, that's not the right show. Let's go less. Uh, do you want to do less of? We can now. If we do less of, we'll come back as more of, and you lead sure. that one too as well. So we'll okay. start with less of in 2023. And I want to say I'm gonna. Last year, these were the following picks that we picked on this. So last year, um, Daniel, me, I picked releases, less releases in 2022. Uh, um, and then Jeremy, you picked AEW factions and um, fatal four ways. Fatal fatal four ways. There you go. Um, and then uh, it looks like Eric also picked factions. And uh, I can't read my own handwriting. What else was? It? Do you remember what your other ones were? Uh, I think the biggest thing for me was factions that that don't matter. matter. The factions that don't matter. That's that's the word. It's not so much the factions that I was upset with. It was just just weird factions that didn't matter. It was the sheer amount of them. I mean, everybody oh. was in a faction. Even some of the ring and uh, the commentators were. Oh, your other thing you got to, you wanted to see less of AEW picking up all the former WB talent, signing every w, former WB talent. Been, that was the other thing. The blo- yeah, the bloated roster. That yeah. was his other. So factions that don't matter. Also factions, and then AEW picking up all the talent. And then me were was releases. Uh, was my three. Um, and so we'll start. How do we, how do we fare on that? Do you think? <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, 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 okay. The releases, well, I guess we did okay. The releases we did okay. There was very few of those in twenty compared to the last two years of twenty one and twenty twenty. Um so um Jeremy, what what do you want to see less of now in twenty twenty three? Uh what I what I would like to see less of and also uh, to to uh Eric's point, there are a couple less factions because there are a couple people that aren't in factions this year that were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we did really good on that last year. For me this year, I'd like to see less camera jerks. I don't need to see 7,000 different angles of the same shot in 30 seconds. And uh, for me, I, it kind of piggybacks off of Eric from last year, bringing in too many people. I feel like on both sides this year, and I know that with WWE, they brought a lot of people back that were unrightfully released in, to begin with. But, They've also brought back a couple of people that didn't need to be brought back. So, uh, 
when you do stuff like that, you keep other promotions like a, but you can't say this no more. I hate it. Like a ring of honor because you know, they're, they're tied with AEW, but like impact or OVW, you, you're, you're hogging all the, t- the talent. And I, and I understand that OVW creates a lot of talent as well. So don't get it twisted, but you're just like impact. There's a couple of people on both sides that have just been sitting for months that other promotions could have used. So th- that's, that's what I, that's what I want to see less of this year. Okay. All right. I'll go next. And then Eric, you'll be after me. And then we'll end with Linda on this. So, um, I actually believe it or not. Now, granted, I had my answers down before I went back and listened to the episode. So I'm not piggybacking off of something that was said last year, but I still think I want to see less factions in 2023. I still think there's too many. Um, still, uh, when you look at the landscape of AEW, yeah, there was a new created, as many, but there's still too many when you look at the landscape of WB, AEW, and maybe even Impact. If you, th- but Impact does, a ha- I think, has a good around, um, amount. Um, I think OVW had a few factions they've got rid of and brought and kind of replaced to as well. I think they kind of have a good, a good uh, way there. I, I don't want to see any more. So just this less factions in 2023 for me going for this year. Uh, Eric, you're, what's up? What do you got? Uh, yeah, just to respond to that real quick, and actually, since it was my pick last year, I mean, I don't think AEW's gotten any better. If not, they've gotten worse uh, at factions that don't matter. I don't know week to week it, who's in what faction, and you know, people jump from one to another, or managers take over, and somebody joins them, and you know, and then you've got Preston Vance leaving the Dark Order, but he's in this faction. I don't even know what that faction's called. It's just, it's just too many. Now, WWE, yes, has built up factions this year. But there's the difference. They matter. They make sense. I know who's in what faction. I know I get that, okay, you've got the club or you've got, uh, you know, Legato del Fantasma. You've got, you know, they, uh, the ones that, that are there, they make sense. And I feel like eventually they're all going to clash with each other, which I think is cool too. You kind of already mm-hmm. see that happening uh, on SmackDown. But anyway, I think that that's still a problem. But I want to see less of this year. And this year in AEW, it's the turns. You see one on almost every show now with AEW. Um, you see the, uh, what, you know, Al Snow likes to call the, the afterbirth or whatever, after a match, you almost never see a match just end and just end. I mean, there's, there's a turn, there's a surprise, there's something, and there's a lot to be said for that happening, but there's also a lot to be said for just a match being there as a match. And so I could use a little less of the the turns and surprises at the end of matches in AEW because when it happens, then it makes it special, you know. And uh, so I think that that would that would be my pick. All right, all right, got it, Linda. What do you want to see less of in twenty twenty three? Your first this is your first time giving your review and uh, your first uh, category you're picking. So uh, I don't have to put you on the spot, but. What- <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to see less of in 2023? Well, I'll start by prefacing that um, because of the resurgence of a ring of honor and really reintroducing the titles and its history, its prestige. Because of that, I feel I would like to see separate ROH programming. So therefore I would like to see less of ROH on AEW TV. Amen. That is because I want some more light, on a promotion like ROH. I loved ROH. Every time they came to Milwaukee, playing, I mean, playing, performing in the intimate ballroom is where I got to see it. My first live ROH show, I was sitting ringside seeing KO and them boys. I mean, like, 
jumping off the balcony onto a table, like right in front of me. I'm like, holy crap. I want to see more of this stuff. And I miss just, you know, seeing a regular uh, ROH television in that regard. It's just something more intimate and more special uh, with that. And just kind of going along the lines of you guys mentioning all the factions on AEW, um, this would give another opportunity to shed some more light on some of the ROH champions, some of the other AEW talents. Right now, there's lots of factions in both, really, which I'm learning about some of the ROH ones just because I haven't been seeing ROH as regularly on my television, phone, tablet, etc. until um, rather recently, of course, since um, being a part of AEW. Nice. Ah, I like the answer, and I'll you'll find out why in a minute. Um, Jeremy, uh, let's start. Let's go to you now with more of 2023. What do you want to see more of in 2023? Well, last year I said I wanted to see more big signings by Impact and that I felt like they got the short end of the stick in the whole deal with AEW. Um I think they they did that this year. This year, I want to see more cross-promotional things. Uh, The freedom that Triple H has given the talent to go elsewhere and do other stuff has been amazing. Uh, I I love that. I like that, you know, Carl Anderson wasn't on Raw Monday night because he was defending his championship over in New Japan. That would have never happened in a million years over. And retaining uh, it. And retaining it. That would have never happened under Vince. So that that's the big thing. I'd love to. I don't. I don't know that it ever happens unless one of them starts to go bankrupt. I would love one day to see a AEW. I don't need to see that. I would like to see a, a crossover between the two. Uh, but th- that is my this year. Also, I'd like to see more of the homegrown talent in AEW being pushed instead of insert WWE guy into the the, the title run. MJF is an anomaly, obviously, because that's really the only person they've done right the entire. In my opinion in the entire existence of AEW, but th- those would be my things I want to see more of. Uh, you also put, at least the, what I had you down as saying more of, you wanted more of release talent and impact. Um, yeah, that's what I just said uh, at the beginning, big signings by impact. Oh, there you go. Sorry, okay. sorry, I, sorry. I, I, I worded it differently. Gotcha. The, the, that's the way I wrote it down, though, last year, big yeah, signings yeah. by impact. And I feel like they did that this year. I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and then... Um, I forgot to mention this. So I mentioned that I, um, um, I'll get to Eric's right before I go to Eric, but I said I wanted more of the Forbidden Door, which is kind of similar to what you just said right here. It's like, what I mean by that is not the Forbidden Door pay per view, but more of the concept of what we had with AEW and Impact when you had Kenny Omega being the champion on both, which we kind of have a little bit of that right now with, um, as you mentioned, with Carl Anderson being the, you know, never, never open weight champion and all that kind of stuff. So, you kind of have a little bit of that. You have uh, Shinsei Nakamura going over to um, to uh, is it um, Noah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I you have so. doing that. Um, who knows if this old Sasha Banks Mercedes uh, um, is go- is actually a WWE thing, or is it really a separate thing? We don't know. Um, we do have some AEW time. We have Frankie Kazarian coming up on doing some stuff with Impact, some winning the X Division title, cashing in an option C, C then having your uh, the Impact World Title match. You've had some you had some crossover with the Mercy Machine Guns going over to AEW All Out and teaming up with Jay Lethal, and so I mean there, there's there's been some of that, but I still I wish there would have been more, and I'm hoping for more. That's not my answer though. More and more of that in 2020. Three is not my answer. Although I am, I back that up and do want more of that. My direct answer, though, is, and it kind of goes back to what Linda said on her less of. I want to see more of ROH as a separate promotion, 
That means, again, piggyback off of her, not on AEW Dynamite and Rampage, but actually ROH is a separate brand promotion. Maybe make Rampage the exact, the ROH show. I don't know. Maybe take AEW Dark and Elevation and turn it into an ROH. I mean, I, I don't want it to be on YouTube, but at the same time, if it's a separate promotion, why not? You know, it helps to give them a TV deal. I, I just think that that um, is what I want to see and what I what I feel yeah. like more of of that in 2023. Um, and... Uh, and and maybe that is gonna open up a forbidden door again. Maybe, maybe you know your AEW talent or not may not work with other promotions, but maybe your all H talent will. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm, we're talking semantics here, but at the same time, that is still a forbidden door, whether you whether you admit it or not, right? So that's kind of my my thought on that, uh, or my my uh, more of there. Um, Eric, last year you stated your more of was super cards. Uh, and more explo- exposure of Impact Wrestling. Um, I believe we had a little bit of that with a new deal that just got uh, put out there for for um, a world global exposure. And we have seen a couple super cards, you know, not as great as we wanted to see, but we have seen a couple. So yeah, I think the your... super cards was on somebody else's, but oh, not uh... to, not to mention. Uh, by the way, back on the uh, Forbidden Door thing and the uh, the crossover talent. Mickey James was the Knockouts World Impact yeah. Champion when she went over. I was to been sitting here thinking, like, who'd have thought Mickey James would have blew blown the door off of the whole Forbidden yeah. Door thing? I so I wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, I think uh, you know, I, I love what you all said about Ring of Honor. I think for sure that that is something. But um, I I'm going to focus in on a talent and the talent that I want to see more of this year. Um, clearly, Veer Mahan. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> He's coming. Forgetting that right He's now. coming. He's coming. Um, no, uh, I would like to see more, uh, and this is none of his fault, but Cody. I would love to see Cody Rhodes uh, more this year. I think we're going to this year, and uh, we just got the taste. And, and while it's never good to you know suffer an injury, I think we just got a taste of it just enough to go, we need some more Cody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, I think uh, that. Now fans are excited about it, and I can't wait to see what happens this year. He brings adrenaline in your soul. Yeah. I hate him so much. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now I remember what I miss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, maybe, you know, they're teasing a major surprise for uh, SmackDown tonight. Maybe Cody's that surprise. As long as it ain't Vince or CM Punk with them being in Chicago. I, I, I'll be fine. I think the surprise is, is somebody having a new look, someone being very, very oozy. I think that's what the surprise is, but that's my opinion. All right. Uh, anyways, Linda, uh, what do you have as your more for 2023? I would like to see more of the women's tag team divisions um, getting some more shine to it. Um, yeah, we have Damage Control as the current champions. And other than them it was it was it Raquel and um Aaliyah that were champions for a little bit this year mm-hmm. um yep. but obviously you're talking, when, w- you're talking in WWE oh, right the, yeah well I mean as a whole but um just to start off with women's tag team championships and having that you know in our presence um when Sasha and Naomi left that pulled a lot of that steam that was happening with that and just where it could have gone and where it was going um mm-hmm. So right now, I think with Damage Control being the champions, like right now they're still caught up in the almost like six women kind of or six women kind of feuds, or um, it's not really having much of a 
another women's tag team they're really facing and feuding with as of now. But I would like to see some women tag team championships on other promotions as well, um, where it could be featured a little bit more prominently as well. I should say too. Um, there's just you know so much so many great female talents out there and up and coming. And you know I will say women's wrestling is definitely on a bigger pedestal right now, but how about some, some tag action there getting, you know, some, some introductions to some women's tag teams. I'm onto our televisions as well. I like it. I like it. Um, um, I, I don't hate that, that pick at all. Um, I like to see some complete domination by uh, Baszler and Ronda Rousey. I think that would be a fun mm -hmm. uh, tag team to just destroy everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock that at all. And I think that's the way to go with them, honestly. Um, all right, we'll move on to our uh, next topic, our next um, category. And I'm picking first on this one. So uh, we'll go with, um, we'll, we'll go with the best pay-per-view of 2022. Um, so um, I have, I have a I, – I, it's kind of a hard. So what I did was I picked one, and then I picked a different one, and I'll explain why. The best pay-per-view of 2022 was probably top to bottom because it was kind of a super card. It was Ric Flair's last match. I thought overall the pay-per-view itself, the way – I mean, how somebody was able to get non-WB, non-AEW, non-Impact, whatever, but they were able, one person was able to get over 9,000 people to fill up an arena and sell out a place – and then also you had everyone coming together. You had Impact Production, some of the Impact talent, Impact referees. You had them part of the show. You had you had AEW have people part of the show. You had WWE at the time, talent a part of the show. And everyone was coming together to help this ha make this happen for a man that has given so much to the industry um, over the gosh what 50, 60 years. I don't even know how long he's been. You know, I'm just forever, right? And um, and so that right there, I think overall was the best. If I have to go with a a non like a big name pay per view, then it just happened the night before. It was SummerSlam 2022. I thought SummerSlam 2022 was very well done, very good card. Some surprises came back. This was Triple H's first uh, pay per view as the head honcho, whatever you want to call it, and he did very well. The main event was off the charts. And uh, so that's basically that weekend in Nashville owned wrestling. So if you wasn't in Nashville that weekend, um, you missed out. Let's say that. So. And by the way, my last awesome. year's my last year's pick uh, for that was Slammiversary. Uh, and my reasoning, yes, I know I was a part of it, but my reasoning was the first pay per view with the fans coming back, and it was a special moment uh, for that. Even yeah. though it may not have been overall the best pay per view, but to me, it, it was special to me. That's why I picked it. So. Um, gotcha. Well, I, Jeremy, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty impressed that uh, he managed to stray away from doing an impact pay-per-view, but still managed to pick a pay-per-view he was on. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Look, but, his, but I'm you know, shocked that he don't have to wear a wrist brace for as much time as he spends uh, patting himself on the back. Oh, my gosh. Well, Whatever. Extremely, uh, all that aside, you know, and we tease you, but extremely proud of you for being on that show. And I honestly forgot all about it. And I'm going to say that's a great pick. Ric Flair's last show. I mean, it ha had more hype than any other pay-per-view this year. Yeah. And it did not, it was not run by a major promotion. So uh great pick on that. Uh, SummerSlam was probably one of my picks too, but 
you know, since we're going to talk about pay-per-views that we were on and things that we did, I mean, I'm honestly going to throw this one out there, even though it wasn't an official pay-per-view, because you can watch it free still to this day. Guys, check out the big one from OVW. That top to bottom was an excellent card. It was so good, and so many stories were told, so many great matches. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and search OEW the big one and you can watch it absolutely free. Uh, yes, we were a part of it. The uh, three out of the four of us well, were two, a part of it. Two. I was actually in Dallas. Oh, that's Texas. right. Yeah. You weren't there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, so I just jumped up about 10 spots in my rankings knowing that he wasn't there. <laughs> but if you, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out because it, it culminated a big summer for us. And really there was a ton of great matches on that show. And last year, Eric, your pick was All Out 2021. So yeah, um, there was a lot of other buzz for All Out this year. So I can see why you didn't pick that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Linda, you're up next. Linda, what's your best pay-per-view of, of this year? First off, I, too, did not think about Ric Flair's last match. That was tremendous. I was there as well to witness all of that. So Great pick there, Daniel. Um, what I have down is pretty recent, but it definitely was a big turning point within uh, the Bloodline storyline. That would be Survivor Series. Um, we also got War Games, um, introduced a lot of the WWE audience. We had our men's War Games match, the women's War Games match. And then, of course, um, just the questioning is Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, are they really accepting him or is he really true to them? We witnessed that when uh, he uh, did not give in and help out his, his buddy old pal there, Kevin Owens. So um, Survivor Series was a big one for me, but um, also while we're on the OBW topic, Eric, I must say we go back uh, almost a year ago and that would have been OBW's nightmare rumble uh, back in January with that one being the first ever women's nightmare rumble. We had the first ever men's nightmare rumble, lots of surprises, um, just something huge. And, you know, that's just fresh in my mind right now, just because, you know, just very soon here, the turn of the year, we're going to have uh, OBW's nightmare rumble take place once again. But um, those would be my picks for SP. Guys, she's getting it. She was in the women's nightmare rumble. So I think she's getting how this ah! works. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that's a fact. That's you know, it's weird that Daniel handpicked her to join the show without consulting <laughs> anybody else. Is she the female Daniel? I hope not. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, Jeremy, you're up next with the big pay- best pay review. And last year, actually the last couple years, Jeremy, because you brought it up again last year. But yeah. last year you picked WrestleMania 37. The year before that, you were at WrestleMania 36. I think the year before that, you are at WrestleMania 35. So three years in a row has been WrestleMania. Is it going to be WrestleMania again this year, Jeremy? What do you got? Do we have a drum roll? Yes, here we go. Drum roll. This year I picked uh, I picked WrestleMania night one. I changed it up. I didn't pick the whole card. Uh, that was Bianca, Becky, the Cody reveal, uh, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, Austin, and KO. It was just, it was star-studded. It was action-packed. You, the Cody reveal really pushed that over the top. When I, w- I had war games on my list. Um, I had a couple others on my list, but when I, when I, when I looked top to bottom, I was so excited and, and that hadn't been like that. Obviously it has been for the last, this is the third time I picked mania. According to my notes, um, it's not always been mania. WWE had a really downtime in my opinion, but WrestleMania has been the show of shows, uh, for me as of late. So yeah, WrestleMania night one. All right. That's, uh, I, 
I mean, it was a good night, so I'm not against um, against that pick at all. Uh, it was hard. I mean, it was it was definitely in the back of my mind. It would have been an honorable mention for me, for sure. All right, now next up, we're going to start with Eric on this one. Eric, you're going to lead off on this category, and uh, why don't we go with um, why don't we go with match of the year? How about that? We we'll just go with a bang. Okay. All right, this is interesting because I'm starting off with one that's kind of off the wall. This took me. Man, I went in all kinds of circles on this one because there's there was a lot of great matches this year, um, but I don't know why I ended up with this one because I it was one that I liked that I saw in person this year. And Daniel, you'll appreciate this one, even though because I I think there's more story uh, to this match that I want to hear you tell anyway. Um, but I remember it just being really fun to watch. It was at Impact's taping when they were in Louisville, and it was a tag team match. It was uh, the Bullet Club uh, with Chris Bay and uh, and Jay White uh, taking on the Motor City Machine Guns. I had fun watching the match. It was awesome. Told a great story. Um, might have had a little weird of ending, but I didn't think it hurt the match at all. Um, so any, any stories you want to tell us about that match? How many times did it get hit first off? That's all I want to know. No, I, I mean, really, I, I really love that match. It was good. I know, but how many times did Daniel end up on the ground oh, or hurt? Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I want to know if he ended up hurt backstage. That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, it was a great match. It it had a finish that no one expected. Uh, I, I like that match. That that's a that's a great. Uh, I believe that Impact even had it as one of their uh, match of the year on their awards on their uh, end of the year awards. I don't know. By the time uh, by the time we're airing this, we don't know who's won those awards yet, so it'll be revealed if that won or not. Uh, but um, yeah, they had. It, let's, let's go back and watch. It's from the uh, March taping, so it aired. Um, I think it aired March of twenty twenty two on Impact yeah. TV. And uh, yes, it had a it had an interesting ending. And uh, I don't have much to say other than job well done, no, everybody. No stories, no stories, nothing. No stories. Job well done from everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all. That's what we'll go with. Mm. Uh, last year, by the way, Eric, you picked your match of the year was um, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson on Dynamite. They had on Dynamite that I think it was like recently after we oh, yeah. from that. Yeah, it was. A, it was a really good match. So, um, Linda, you're up next. So, what do you uh, got as your match of the year? I'm also going to go back to March, and that would be at March Mayhem at OVW when we had the scaffold match, uh, which, you know, yes, anybody can go back and watch, look back on Fight TV, check out March Mayhem. And that was just the culmination of a, just a huge, you know, match in the making between Gustavo and Star Rider. I mean, it, there, there were so many things leading up. Uh, Bring, like, I think there was, I remember there, there was the, the casket that Star Rider had at a second in the ring once. I mean, I think we we're bringing mentions of family into it. I, I can't fully remember all that. All I know is seeing that scaffold being set up and then actually being there. Like, you know, like, yes, I was there. So I was able to actually walk on it and see it and just think, holy crap, I cannot believe the two of them are going to be, there's a possibility of somebody falling off of this. So um, there was just that intensity, just being there that whole time at ringside, just thinking, what if something crazy happens during this? But also just the moment, I did see that. There was a moment where uh, Gustavo was almost 
um, I like the monkey bars kind of thing going across with that. And, and I'm just thinking, man, if he falls, just, you know, think about the sweat and the blood in that match. Um, definitely something to see. And that was also being there right at ringside and just, just the feels from that match. So, and just, you know, the, just the whole, it being a, you know, specialty match or being a scaffold match. You don't see those right often. So I'm going to go with that. I'm gonna oh, say what that that match. You you okay, Daniel? It <laughs> yeah, like you got you choked. I was I was muting over here, but you all could hear it because it's a different mic. But the mic I, the mic I was muting because I was I, you may have heard for a second I was coughing. I got choked up on just thinking about that match. Uh, really is <laughs> no no. It looked like you swallowed a little bit too much water <laughs> at one did, time. I did. <laughs> So, anyways, um, it uh, yes, I actually could not be there that night. It was one of the nights where, because Impact was in town that same weekend, I was doing the pay per view that same night. Um, that pay per view was going on, but yes, I went back and watched it, and it wasn't made. That's a great pick. I could imagine being there live, what it was like, but uh, that was a great pick. Yeah, great match, uh, Jeremy. Um, you're up next. Your match of the year last year, you picked. Um, I had Edge, Edge and Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel tied with Lucha Brothers versus the Young, Young Bucks. Bucks. Yes, you did. Uh, this right. year, I've got a little bit. Of, I've got one that y'all are going to be like, oh, yeah, because you kind of referenced it earlier. And then one that's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Um, mine for this year is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in Nashville at SummerSlam. That was just, it was it was ridiculous. It took you through all the motions. You did. You thought somebody different was winning every five minutes. It w- it was just tremendous. My under the, under the radar one though was the MJF versus CM Punk dog collar match. I thought that was a classic. I thought that what they put on it uh, a clinic on how to do that kind of a match, and uh, it's probably the best thing that CM Punk did in AEW other than leaving. I'm not going to comment on that. Um, yeah, so um, that uh, that was, I mean, both picks were great picks on that. Um, last year, my match of the year was uh, TJP versus Josh Alexander in the for the for the Impact uh, X Division title in a 60 minute Ironman match. I actually, went into overtime. It started from BTI, rolled over into the um, the main show in an empty arena. It was amazing the, the, what they did, especially in the empty arena. So an amazing match and. And believe it or not, uh, this year, my match of the year goes is Josh Alexander going back to back in a match that just aired a week ago on TV. It, it was taped once again. Why are those great matches happening in Louisville? It was taped right here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it was a 59 and 45 second match, almost a 60 minute Broadway. Uh, but it was for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Josh Alexander versus Speedball Mike Bailey. The full match, uncut, is available online at YouTube. It impacts YouTube. Go check it out because during the show, you, you didn't see the commercial breaks. But they full-blown 59, shoot 59 minutes and 45 or maybe it was close to 50 seconds. I can't remember. I just know it was like 20 seconds left on the countdown when they were, when they were uh, hit and finish. Amazing match. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, I could not be – my honorable mention other than that, like if I was going to pick another one, would be the Usos and the New Day when the new when the new day official, oh, I'm sorry, when the Usos officially took over as the longest reigning tag team champions they had on SmackDown about Great a couple match. months ago, yeah. Shout out to Rudy Charles too in that match. He did a phenomenal job as the ref there too. But yeah, that that would be my that was pretty much I thought was going to win it until um, that match. So um, so that there you go. That's my and I'm not just picking it because I refed it. No, I'm serious. Like that legit was 
was the was the match of the year in my opinion. So there we go. <clears throat> All right. So Linda, you're up next. Uh, why don't we start with you? With uh, how about we go with? Why don't we do a little local flavor here? Why don't we jump to that? And uh, why don't we do the best OVW wrestler? All right. Well, you guys might feel maybe biased because I've known this person his whole life, but I also know he has had a tremendous year. That would be a fanny pack kid, Cal Hero. Now, at the start of 2022, correct me if I'm wrong, him and Justin were the tag team champions at the start of 2022, right? I know they're the Nightmare Cup winners. They if they became, if, Yeah, I believe so. I think it sounds about right. Yeah, and I became champions at Thanksgiving Thunder, or maybe it was actually, I'm sorry, it was on Christmas Chaos, I believe. So, start off the year, champion OVW, that is tremendous as well. Um, but also, just the whole year of just growing and building and improving, and you see that uh, week by week uh, with Kyle Hero. And also, um, you know, you see him at a lot of local shows here in Wisconsin and how well he's doing how well he's grown. I mean, heck, he, he was uh, also a GLCW tag team champion with Lee Cassidy, for goodness sake. So uh, multiple titles there. And um, I know he just lost the title um, at chaos this Christmas chaos this year, but he also was a rush division champion. I just see more opportunities for that championship as well as tag and, you know, maybe more on an OVW, but uh, Cal hero is, I know we don't have like a, um, Rise, I mean, we have breakout star, but like rising star, most improved, or um, that kind of category. But I will say, uh, OBW best of the year 2022, Cal Hero. All right, the fanny pack kid, Cal Hero. A uh, good pick because uh, he did have a, have a um, whamtastic year. Um, and uh, Jeremy, you're up next. Last year, your OVW wrestler of the year was none other, actually. I'm just going to say we all three said this person was the OVW wrestler of the year. We all he he owned this category for us, and that is the Mister Spectacular Jesse Goddard. So this year, Jeremy, who is your OVW wrestler of the year? I'm trying to make sure the Venmo went through uh, first before I say it, but mine is okay. It did it's Jesse again? I mean, how do you how do you argue with that? Uh, no, for me, I think Cash Flow has had one heck of a year uh, this year. He. So who's, uh, is it really not, cash flow or is it Jesse? Who are we going here with here? No, it, it, no, you you gave like seventeen things earlier. I get to give more than one thing at once. Okay, all right, uh, it's it's Jesse slash because the Venmo went through. Uh, it's Jesse <laughs> slash cash flow. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Got it. All right. Uh, that's not not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with mine. Uh, this year, my OVW rest of the year and and. Honestly, it's because of what. Well, if I, if I I wrote this down before the what happened this week at Christmas Chaos, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, Shira is my OVW wrestler year because of what he's accomplished, what he's done, uh, coming from back from an injury and then kind of dominated and, and and end up uh, becoming national heavyweight champion. Had a great match with James Storm. End up getting the OVW heavyweight championship and recently just uh, got back the OVW national heavyweight championship. Now he's a dual champion. My honorable mention was Tony Gunn because I thought shotgun Tony Gunn has had an amazing year too as well. And all the stuff he's been involved with, with teaming with Goddard's and then, and then, you know, going against Goddard's and whatnot. But, um, but I'm going to, but sure gets the, gets the edge, even though he threw me to a, threw me on through a cage the other night. So hold that arm up, Daniel. Your elbow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still pretty bad. 
There it is. Look at all. Look at my scars. I got scars all over my arms from Shira. So oh. yeah, uh, putting ointment and, and, and stuff on it every day. So it's slowly healing. Um, anyways, so there you go. That's uh, like I said, we could go. I would have picked somebody else, but uh, oh well. Uh, there, <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we'll hear from Shira what, why he did what he did. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> Eric, you're up next. Who's your OVW wrestler of the year? All good picks. I, I love all your picks. Um, you know, I I can't pick Cal or Shira just because they had part of the year off with with an injury. So um, so I, I can't go there. Uh, Cash is a great pick. I mean, you know, he's he's been doing this for so many years, and I think the crowd finally, you know, really showed him this year uh, how much they appreciated him. You know, when he beat James Storm, so I think that was an awesome moment. However, mine is more about the future. Mine is more about uh, what I see to come and somebody who has not missed yet since coming into OVW. And now he is a, uh, he's alumni of this very show. I'm talking about certified Luke Curtis, my OVW superstar of the year. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. He's um, yeah. Don't hate it at all. Uh, he might be, uh, we might hear his name later on in the episode too, <clears throat> but yeah, don't, I uh, don't, uh, knock it. He is certified. He has had an amazing year and he, and uh, I could easily have put him on my list as well. Um, so yeah, great pick, great pick there, Eric. Um, only scratching the surface of what that guy can do. Yeah. Well, full, let's keep- full disclosure real, really quick. Uh, cause I saw you were about to say something else and I love interrupting you. Jesse told me to let me know who all you all picked. So that's what I was doing. I was typing to let him know that y'all didn't pick him. So <laughs> gotcha. Oh, okay. another Venmo. I got a bonus for snitching. So we're good. I was just going to say, he got some more money in that, in that app. Huh? Uh, well, he's got money. I'm starting, right. starting to wonder if he's uh, sending some Venmos to some of our other picks, <laughs> Daniel. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Um, so uh, I um, let's keep it going. We'll keep in the rotations kind of kind of similar. We'll go back to Linda. Linda now, same with the local flavor, except now we're going to go with best female OVW wrestler of 2022. Who you got? Huge year for her at OVW being the women's champion and also uh, more recently on television sets around the country and on the world as she is now on AEW. And that would be Miss Layla Gray. A uh, huge year, meteoric rise for her and for Luke as well. Um, but um, yeah, multi-women's, multi-times to be women's champion, Layla Gray. But I also want to mention another huge year for Freya the Slayer, um, you know, also former OVW women's champion. But uh, just seeing not just her uh, in-ring ability, but we're seeing a lot of, um, for those who watch OVW backstage vignettes and see just another side of OV, I'm sorry, of Freya on OVW um, with what's um, going on with her and um, your counterpart there, Aaron Greider, uh, Daniel. So uh, just something interesting, uh, but also Freya, uh, you know, wonderful talent. And um, also I'm just going to throw this in there, but someone who is having a great, uh, one great end of the year. And that would be our current champion, Chalance Royale. All right. All right. I like to pick there. Uh, last year, um, me and Jeremy both for female OVW female wrestling of the year, we picked Hollywood Haley J as uh, she seemed to dominate 2021. Jeremy, who are you got this year as your OVW female wrestler of the year? Um, well, to me, it was easy. And uh, Miss Linda, I think, was looking at my notes before the show. I've got Layla Gray. 
Um, I think she's had a phenomenal, for the same reasons too, she's had a phenomenal year in OVW. She has given some expo- done some cross-promotion exposure uh, to OVW. I just wish they would mention OVW on, you know, AEW television. It, it just seems like everybody that works with them gets the short end of the stick. I'll, I'll leave that alone, though. But if I had to pick anybody else, you know, I'm, I'm still a big Hollywood Haley J fan. And her Venmo went through as well. So I really, I really appreciate uh, OVW and them supporting me. No, uh, that, that would be mine as Layla Gray. All right. All right. Well, um, I'm going to, it looks like we're kind of something similar going on here because I also picked the baddie herself, Layla Gray. And um, yeah, what a phenomenal year she's had from coming in with championship to signing the deal with AEW and being a baddie with Jay Carhill and then also getting engaged that I was able to see live in person from, um, you know, right there. And it was, I can't wait to see it to show the, even though the world saw pictures, I can't wait to see video of that, that it come out later on in the future. So, uh, so shout out to, uh, to, uh, them as well for being, um, being engaged and, and moving on in their life. But Layla Gray is my pick for domination of OBW female wrestler of the year. Eric, last year you picked the amazing Maria because of what she's done backstage, not in front of the mm-hmm. camera. So um, who do you got this year? Yeah, and interesting, she actually uh, was back on camera this year in a match uh, with her daughter, Hollywood Haley J. Uh, and yeah, I still all the credit uh, to her for, uh, for a lot of the great women that, it, that have come through. Um, and, and the improvement so much great improvement uh and and different sides of the stars this year as uh you know i mean one i can't forget about she just hasn't been on recently but dream girl ellie what a great transformation for her early in the year um you know she she got a really dark side to her so i'm looking forward to seeing her get back um Shalance, you know what she's done winning the title and layla everything you know you guys said about her uh but i'm going with freya uh i i think we we saw the beast that freya was in the ring and i love that we've seen a different side of her this year uh with the with those backstage vignettes she hasn't done as much in the ring but but just seeing like what a just almost like a comedic genius you didn't know that that lied with within uh with freya and uh and her timing everything's just really good so uh while all the all the rest great picks and layla awesome pick i just had to edge edge her out just a little bit with Freya this year. Then Eric could also mention you. Uh, you mentioned seeing the other side of Freya. I, I kind of went along those lines as well. You mentioned Ellie, a transformation, Hollywood Haley J as well, and of course Ari Alexander, guitar. Oh yeah, yes. We had to mention yes. uh, Ari and Ryan Howe, Von Rock and Von Noel. Um, you know whatever it is right now. I'm sorry, Ryan, um, but. Mm-hmm. Ari as well, another huge yeah, star. Yeah, I'm sorry I forgot her because she was another one I wanted to talk about her transformation because she really embraced that role for so long and now she's kind of getting to get back in the ring and do what she loves, but still finding you know somewhere in between that she can she can be that guitari and she can also be this badass you know in the ring and uh, and and she's she's finding that mode too and I love that with her. All right, all right. Well, hey. <clears throat> I don't hate to pick at all. Uh, good stuff there for sure. Uh, Jeremy, we're going to lead off with you on this category. Uh, next up is best tag team of 2022. Last year, Jeremy, best tag team, you picked uh, the Usos. Um, I'll go ahead and say them all. Eric, you picked FTR, and I picked Finjuice 
All of that was our 2021 best sack team. Jeremy, who do you got in 2022? Well, last year I actually picked two. I picked the Usos and the FTR, and this year I'm going with the same. There's just nobody that does tag team wrestling like those two. Um, like, I mean, there are others that are in their stratosphere, obviously, the new date. The Briscoes have kind of jumped up a lot to me uh, this year, but for me, the cream of the crop are the Usos and FTR. All right. Um, <clears throat> with me uh, looking at this, I um, I, I kind of um, have a have kind of a two pick as well. I went with the Usos as the best tag team, but um, for sure of what they've done and how they dominate and, and the bloodline and, and I mean the, the 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 proof is in the pudding and what they have there. The other team that I went with is the Good Brothers, and the reason why is the Good Brothers had pretty much from. Impact to AEW to WWE, they they did it all this year, and uh, they've been at the top of their game, and, um, and you know, and they've had some amazing matches in all the places. So the Good Brothers are also. I would have never thought that the Good Brothers would be, you know, on top. Uh, if you asked me at the beginning of the year, I've been like, oh, maybe, possibly, but nah, I see other teams dominating. But what they've done so far, and they're and and especially we talked about Carl Anderson individually going over and doing what he did with New Japan, and and um, I mean, and Gallo's doing stuff here. I mean, he threw PCO through a through a stinking ring. So I mean, you know, it's it's pretty wild. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, p- throw them in there as a as a my other pick, honorable mention, the Good Brothers. But that's my that's my best tag team of 2022. Eric, what you got? It's a good pick. Um, you know, I've, I've went back and forth on this because yes, the good brothers, I mean, considering that using their other personalities toward the, uh, this time last year, they were in the Davis arena, you know, doing the <laughs> IPWF stuff. And since the Artichoke then, Jenkins here, was there, right? Artichoke Jenkins. Yeah. It did, great, great mm-hmm. announcer. I mean, it doesn't get much better than him. Uh, but then all of a sudden, those guys are back in WWE. It's just, you know, it's crazy how quick uh, things changed around this year. Um, so I like that pick. I, it's hard to bet against the Usos or the New Day or FDR. They're all, they're all great. Those are, those are the top elite. But, you know, there, there's one other tag team that is getting a lot of buzz. And I'm telling you, they've been around longer than any of them. I mean, decades. I'm talking about... The Outrunners. Look out. The Outrunners are going to take over your TV in 2023. I'm telling you right now. You are speaking some truth right there. Some Uh-oh. truth. And Turbo. I'm. Oh, yeah, true. I was going to say, you're speaking some truth. I feel like your, your pick was very Turbo on that. It was big. Um, so, uh, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. I uh, Wow. I, I, I'm shocked that Jeremy didn't pick that, Ezra, because Jeremy loves this tag team. He talks about them being his favorite tag team, but yet he picked the Usos and FTR. I'm still blown away. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever said they're my favorite tag team, but I I, I do have a fondness for them, and uh, they've been telling people not to retweet stuff on social media, so I didn't want to give them any pub on here either because right. that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. I don't think they know how Twitter works. Um, so anyways, uh, you kind of... But that, but leave it to the you know they're still trying to figure out this world in 2022. They're 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 still stuck in. Uh, I get it. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. All right, Linda, who you got as your favorite tag team, or, or I'm sorry, your best tag team of 2022? Well, I mean, obviously Usos. That's a that's an easy choice, being the longest reigning WWE tag team champions of all time. So 
Um, I do pick the Usos as my uh, tag team of the year. However, I do have to mention another tag team, speaking of just really getting on the rise. As a matter of fact, they recently beat who they themselves called the best tag team around. And that would be the acclaimed uh, just for everything going on right now. The scissoring, daddy ass. Uh, exactly. There, there's some visuals there going on here. Uh, but um, th- that would be an honorable mention for me just for everything going on with them right now and uh, having Billy Gunn to support them with everything and helping, uh, obviously, this huge push for them. But um, all in all, Usos would still be my uh, top pick again. I mean, heck, just being these top dogs, if you will. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's... Um... Uh, I mean, I can't argue that that's those are good picks. Uh, the acclaim. I'm surprised that we none of us other had the acclaim in our in our well, other. Picks. Well, it's for this reason. First off, not everybody loves the acclaim, so that's a false statement that they push every week. And secondly, with all due respect, they're one of the sloppiest tag teams. They make a bunch of botches every week, and I just can't stand that. I'm a wrestling purist, so I don't like to watch slop. If you're gonna put pri- uh, if you're gonna put them in there in a the match, you might as well put Private Party in there. Like they're both very very sloppy. They get ahead of themselves a lot, and I don't want to scissor anybody. Like that's it's I. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on my own tangent, but no, I will not scissor you if you come up to me like this. I won't do that because I'm a grown man. Okay, all right. That's been my rant for the day. My pipe bomb, as we used to call it. All right. Well, um, um, all right. We'll move on to the next category. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm up next on this one to start. So, we'll, um, we'll go with the um, breakout star of 2022. Uh, last year, um, breakout star. Let's see here. Um, I'm looking for it. Where did I put it at? Uh, breakout star. I pick Sam Beal. Um, he had a great year. Unfortunately, he didn't have a good year in 2023. Well, maybe on the indies, but he wasn't on TV or anything. Uh, Jeremy, you pick Big E. And Eric, you pick Matt Cardona is who your picks were. This year, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I have struggled. Like, I, I have so many names written down. So, I, like, I, I can't decide of who really is the breakout star. So, I'm going to go with – I did edge one ahead of everybody. And then the other three are kind of like honorable mentions. So I'm going to say Steve Macklin is my pick who who edged everybody just barely because of what these other three has done. But Steve Macklin for sure has shown that he's proven to be not only a single star, but an amazing in-the-ring um, uh, um, worker. Uh, just, just all-around great guy, too. But just what he's done is just this past year has been uh, some worked with some of the best and he's worked all these people, all these champions, all these former champions he's beat yet. He still has not got a title shot at impact wrestling. So I don't know what's up with that, but um, Steve Macklin model mentions are speedball, Mike Bailey, Giselle Shaw and certified Luke Curtis. So uh, there you go. Uh, Eric, who do you have as your breakout? Star? Sorry. All right. So, I like I like all those choices. Uh, there were there were several names I wrote down, but well, let me let me tell you the first couple. Austin Theory is the first one I wrote down. When everybody had written him off, you know, they they switched the game on Austin Theory, 
And uh, and now he's headed back toward the top just when everybody seemed to think that he was done. So I do like that. <laughs> How can you argue with Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn, <laughs> for sure, is somebody who was a breakout star. But but the name that I put down is a little, little off, the, off the beaten path here. Okay. This person was in WWE at the beginning of the year. This person made appearances for not only GCW, not only NWA, not only did they go back to WWE, not only were they on one of our favorite pay-per-views of the year main eventing, but then they ended up as, well, not only an executive, but a star in AEW. Your breakout star of the year is Jeff Jarrett. Ain't he great? (laughs) Ringside alum. Ringside alum. Again. I mean, the man is, I don't care. There are people that hate Jeff Jarrett, but this dude keeps doing it and he's still doing it. And I have the utmost respect for Jeff. Jarrett. As Conrad Thompson says, if cats have nine lives, Jarrett's have 10. He's been in WWE twice this year. He's been a wrestler and executive. I mean, what, like, what do you want? This dude's amazing and a great podcast, man. I, I, I'm like shot. I mean, like, look, I love Steve, but now I'm looking back on why, why the hell did I not pick Jeff Jarrett? Holy cow. Who had that on your bingo card for 2022? Uh, no, no, no one did. No one did. And, um, yeah. Wow. Um, good pick. Good pick. Um, all right, Linda, <laughs> top that. No, I'm just playing. Linda, oh, you're okay. Up. Uh, well, um, all great choices. I must say, but I'm just going to go with somebody who, um, this week, had a huge accomplishment. And I'm going to go um, with Roxanne Perez of NXT. Um, a huge year for Roxanne, or Roxy as being were in ROH. Um, huge uh, name just with, I know NXT is now, you know, going back to black and gold, but if you think of NXT 2.0 and uh, that whole regime, Roxanne Perez is a name that comes to mind. Not only did she win the women's uh, breakout um, tournament, uh, this year at NXT, she was also an NXT tag team champion, and most recently this week, uh, just became uh, the current NXT women's and champion. Not, not to mention, she started the year as Ring of Honor women's champion, had an amazing Ooh, knockout mm-hmm. match with Deanna Prazo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deanna, she, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, she, I mean, she started out the year as a champion in one company, has ended the year, we think. I mean, I'm sure I don't see her dropping it before the end of the year, ending the year with another title. So, an upgrade. As long as she keeps her OnlyFans clean, she should be fine. Um, I I agree with that. Ro- Roxanne Perez was just she was fantastic. She was also the Iron Survivor, the first ever women's Iron Survivor. Yeah. So thank you. Another point. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, that's what got her title shot. So um, yeah. So yeah. It's still an accomplice, never nevertheless. Do you want me to go, or are you just going to? No, keep you're looking next. Y'all. Your I thought OnlyFans? you were going. I thought you were okay, going. I didn't. Yeah. So I could see the reflection. You looking at feet pick on something. Um, my it's a my breakout star is Linda Kay. Uh, she joined Ringside Podcast. <laughs> She's one of the most awesome announcers ever. Uh, that would be my pick as far as for for show purposes and to get, get more brownie points with her. As far as what I actually wrote down, I feel like Sami Zayn was a was a. Like that should have been the number one draft pick for everybody. So I didn't. I did not put him down for that reason. I also had Jeff Jarrett on my list. 
but my main one that I had, who, who's had a 2022 like Rhea Ripley going from True. unnoticed and now she is the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th wonder of the world. Uh, what a great, I mean, just the interview we had with her uh, here a couple of months ago was awesome. That kind of pushed me a little, maybe, maybe a little biased because we got to talk to her and she gave us some fan. She didn't give us the same media answers that everybody else did. She gave us some personal answers. She let us see behind the curtain a little bit. And uh, she just had a phenomenal year. And now she's the leader to me. She's the leader of the Judgment Day faction. And she slammed Luke Gallows. Like, But perhaps most impressive, she got Dominic Mysterio over. <laughs> well, to some people. I don't That's know. Impressive. that. I, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm going to agree to disagree on that one because I, I, I don't really care too much for him. But he's young in the business. Maybe he'll grow on me. All right. Daniel, I mean, what about you? All right, game on. Pick up oh, okay. Yeah. I, no, I like the pick. Good pick. Uh, I agree. And ringside alum. We picked a lot of ringside alums. Um, um, well, and a current ringsider, honestly, because Linda K was the breakout star of the year for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. You're right. You're right. So kind. You're right. You're right. All right. So um, let's go with uh, this one, this category here. Eric, you'll lead this off. It's uh, most underrated. Gotcha. Most underrated. This was a tough one. Uh, I, I went around, round and round on this one for a long time. Um, but I've, I've thought this for years, and I, I'm glad he's being utilized. I just wish he could be utilized in a way uh, that suited his skills, and that is Chad Gable. Um, I mean, I love that he, he can do – it's funny. Like the They just did the segment with Kurt Angle. Uh, which I thought was awesome because, I mean, obviously the the Olympic uh, pedigree there, but Chad Gable can do all the stuff that Angle could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can he can be a comedian, but he can also go in the ring. I just want to see a little more of that going in the ring uh, for Chad Gable. That's that's the only reason that I picked him is I, I just think he's got so much more within him. And I know Triple H knows that. I mean, he was with him in NXT. So, um, so that that's my pick. Yeah, and, and last year, by the way, I didn't go over these. You picked uh, Keith Lee, um, and Jeremy, you picked Bobby Roode, Robert Roode, and I picked back to back years. I picked Brian Myers uh, because he's just he's still, in my opinion, underrated. Um, but he's not my pick this year. But Linda, you're up next. Who who is your most underrated uh, person? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with promotion, and that being OVW. There you itself. go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously like to spread the word to, I'm just talking with my, my friends and family and whatnot. I'm like, you know, yeah, we are down in Louisville every week for that. And we have a monthly pay-per-view TV special, but you can see OVW TV live and free every week on Fight TV. And if you miss it live, you can catch the replay anytime, anywhere. And uh, just, you know, what a great year for OVW itself i mean i know we've lived it we are living it so super excited what's to come for 2023 but a lot of i mean we some of we mentioned um some of the matches pay-per-views this year alone that really sets it apart um but just getting some more eyes on the prize if you will um some more ovw and how accessible ovw is for viewership um 
again, just super excited for what's to come next year for OB Dub. All right, Jeremy, uh, last year, like I said, you picked Bobby Roode. Who do you have as your most underrated? Uh, on, on my sheet, I don't have Bobby Roode. I have Cesaro, Dolph, Cashflow, and Moose. Maybe I did say Roode as well. I didn't write it down when we were doing it. But this year, I'll give it to Eric. I had Chad Gable. I've got Shelton Benjamin. And making it back-to-back years, Dolph Ziggler. Um, I'd li- he's so talented. I want to see him do more uh, on the main roster than just be the guy that gets Austin Theory over because I'm not a huge Theory fan. So uh, that would be uh, my most underrated for this year. All right. Like I said, last year, back-to-back years, I picked Brian Myers. This year, my most underrated is somebody else from Impact Wrestling. People forget uh, how good this guy really is, Alex Shelley. I mean, what an amazing talent. Tag team, he's, he's a tag team specialist, but like he was able to have a, do a, so many singles matches he had a great Iron Man match at Wrestling Revolver with uh, Trey Miguel. He did an ama- he had an amazing world title match against Josh Alexander at Emergence Impact Emergence in Chicago, um, and, and just again uh, he's cr- he's the current Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champion with uh, Chris Sabin as the Order City Machine Guns. But he's done some amazing stuff this year, and it just he's I mean the young bucks Jay White. A lot of these guys like modeled their career after him so like he's really really underrated and um and i uh, just i just wish more people would would pay attention to how good he really is so that's my um underrated pick for 2022 all right next up linda you're up first and uh since we did underrated we're going to do most overrated uh linda um who do you got uh as your uh most overrated I've got a topic, rather. Um, all the color on AEW, uh, I understand it is TV 14, and we do get blood in the matches here and there, but we get it quite often on AEW television, too, where I almost expect it all the time now, but I feel that it should be something, I mean, obviously, unless it's accidental, uh, something more for bigger matches and or pay-per-views. I'm just going to think back about watching WWE pay-per-views as a teenager, like in the nineties watching, I'm um, thinking Stone Cold, Bret Hart, uh, just seeing the color that, that, that and from Survivor Series, 96, I believe five, 96. Um, but just how much more, I don't want to say special, but kind of into the match, how much more believable it was. And it just added so much more to the emotions of the match. Um, whereas, you know, seeing it, every week on Dynamite or Rampage. I mean, if it happens, it happens. But a lot of times, you know, we do see that it was, you know, done intentionally, which is, which is fine. I get it. It does add to certain matches. But I just feel that we get it too much, too often. Um, I, I think it's something more to keep for uh, more special moments for special matches. But I'm going to go with um, having color. I think you're right. I think that goes along with a lot of the things that I said earlier too. I mean, I think it's it's big angles, big turns, you know, uh, big factions, and you know, matches that are you know five star classics, or at least that that's how they they market them. When you see all of that all of the time, it's not special anymore. And uh, and I totally agree with you. I think that's a, that's a, just one of the many issues that AEW just continues to have. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I put in. Um well, let's go with this. Most overrated for last year, by the way, between Daniel, Jeremy, and Eric. I picked NXT 2.0. Jeremy, you picked Tony Bizzo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Eric, uh, you picked Daniel Garcia. 
So uh, that was your most overrated. Um, I think we all like seem to, you know, Inexplicable 2.0 is no longer there. Tony Bidzo is who knows where he's been. And uh, where's Daniel Garcia done lately, right? So there you go. So uh, maybe maybe we were right in our in our predictions or are overrated. So this year, Jeremy, who do you have as your most overrated? Uh, first off, Daniel Garcia is one of the bright spots of AEW. He's also the Ring of Honor pure champion, I believe, but uh, or maybe he was and he's not anymore. However, for me, the are, are we doing we're doing overrated? Overrated, yeah. Um, Darby Allen, Danhausen, uh, Cassidy, Starks, AEW. I mean, the whole uh, hook, all all those little bitty dudes. Uh, Matt Riddle. That that's my most overrated. Orange Cassidy. Which one? The the little bitty dudes or Matt Riddle? Ooh, I'd pick the. I I would watch the little bitty dudes before I'd watch Matt Riddle. Okay, so your Matt your Matt Riddle is your most overrated. Yeah, but it's definitely those five other little bitty dudes that piss me off, and that's why they their ratings cannot stay over a million consistently because they think all the flippity dippity doers is what everybody wants to see every single match and it's not. All right, I'm gonna calm down. That was that was so, oh, that was that was almost a pipe bomb. That was more like a, a a fizzle. So So here's 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 what I here's what I uh did for this, okay? Okay. I was um talking to I have I'm lucky enough to have a 12-year-old who watches wrestling and gives me thoughts and opinions of what she sees from AEW to WWE to Impact to OVW and what she loves and whatnot. So I sit there and I told her about overrated. And I said, look, I said, uh, it's hard for me to pick this. It's hard for me to figure out what's overrated because of just, it just, I don't know. So I'm going to ask you and I asked her, I said, overrated. What, who is over, who or what is overrated to you? Her answer was so quick, so quick. She said, Bianca Belair. She said that's overrated. So and and I and and I so from I'm picking this. It's not my pick, but on behalf of my daughter, this is my answer. Bianca Belair. When I asked her why, she says, "Not a fan. Don't care." When she comes on TV, I, I she does nothing for me. I said, "Okay, that's that's." And I've and I've seen her, you know, react react that way. She's like, oh, "I'll turn the channel." Okay, that's that's and that's wow. I always want to and I, now granted, it's obvious she has similar taste to one of her parents. We won't say which one. So then, but then also like she likes Matt Riddle, so she won't like your overrated pick. And then and then when it comes to AEW, she likes Darby Allen, so she also wouldn't like that pick. So you know, there's 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 but I always ask her like, why do you like this person? Why do you not like this person? Why you know this or that? So it's curious. I'm always curious to see. Um, her thoughts and opinions and who she favor, favors and who she doesn't like. And the world likes her, and she's a great talent. I mean, we all love her, right? But my daughter picked her as overrated, so I'm going to go with that. Interesting. Answer. Well, next next time our daughters hang out, I think they're going to have words because my daughter is the exact opposite on that one. So <laughs> Right, right. Well, like I said most, most girls love Bianca, so I, yeah. I, I just that, – that's, that's how I'm going with that pick. All right. Well, uh, Jeremy actually took mine on this one because I had to sit and think about it for a long time. And I'm like, okay, who who do I just not care when they come on the TV? And it, it wasn't always like this, but lately it has been Matt Riddle. I, I you know, I enjoyed the stuff with him and Randy, uh, but since Randy's been gone, I, I just 
I just don't. I just don't have it for Riddle, and and putting Elias there is no better. I mean, I, I enjoyed the the Elias and uh, and his brother kind of storyline that was kind of a fun thing for a little bit, yeah. uh, but now it's just back to Elias, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't care much anymore, and and I really don't for Riddle. I hate to say it, but I really don't. I knew I knew you were one of my favorite people for some reason. Couldn't quite put my finger on it, but bro, you were right on that one. All right, so this is going to be probably the next topic Jeremy's leading first, and I believe this is always Jeremy's favorite topic of the year, honestly. Um, and uh, it's going to be female wrestler of the year. Oh, wait a minute, no, no, sorry. It's going to be. We've always started with underrated and then overrated. Well, no, I guess that was positive, but negative. Okay, all right, never mind. Let's go with worst storyline angle of twenty twenty two. All right. For for me, this was pretty easy. Um, I feel like the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase is something that should be coveted. It's always been labeled as a shot at the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, and they teased him cashing it in on NXT. Uh, that he they knew that he couldn't do anything against Roman. Well, even though they did said, tease they it, always said they always get any title shot at any time. It never no, have they have not. Title. It's always yes, they've always said, and you go back and look. They've said it is exclusively for a shot at the WWE WWE Championship. It's not like the one that Impact has, where you get a shot at the champion any place, any time, any champion. But for, for me, that that was just like. Putting him in there at the end really, as we talked about before, really just aggravated me because I felt like there were people in that match that could have used that. And at that time, he had Vince behind him. He didn't need it. Uh, But for him to tease cashing it in NXT, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And then for him to actually cash it in uh, unsuccessfully for the United States Championship, I was like, what a what a waste of a, uh, you know, you like to see the guys that don't get a push during the year get that and see them succeed. You know, that that's for the underdog. That's not for somebody who's being pushed to the moon already. So I, I just didn't care for that. And the the other one I had was the the, the, the AEW oppressor, uh, the, the CM Punk one. I know that wasn't really an angle. It did turn into a storyline. But the storyline didn't really have a payoff. You know, we never found out what happened to CM Punk. We, uh, the elite deleted themselves for a few weeks and then went on to book themselves into a seven-week best-of-seven tag team champion, which I like those, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, that, that that's that's what I had. Let me, I want to comment on that real quick uh, before okay. we go on to the next one because um, I I agree with you a little bit on the Austin Theory thing. However, I, I think they kind of salvaged what was kind of an anchor. You're right. They should have never gave him the briefcase to begin with. And that was one that I kind of had on my, my less of for the year, but I, I, I didn't want to you know jam it up too much. But the less of is WWE's old way of just inserting someone at the last minute. It happened at the Royal Rumble. It happened again at Money in the Bank. It's happened at Money in the Bank before with Brock. It, and it, it just... Like you promote a match and then you just throw somebody in there at the end and then they end up winning it. It's just, it's become too predictable. Um, so he should have never had the briefcase to begin with. I agree. And they, I think they did all they could do to kind of get that off of him as an anchor, 
to get to where we are now. Well, and I, I and explained I, and on the show, I gave my th- my theory or thoughts of theory, no pun intended, thoughts of why it was cashed in and and, and gave the explanation of what made. And sense. you were right, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I was right. It's what he said. It's exactly what he said the week later. Unless they just, whether they was the story they're going with, if they happened to listen to Ringside that week and they decided to, oh, that's a good idea. I don't know, but um, but it, it uh, that's that was in. To me, they made it make sense of why they did it. But I've always heard, I don't know, I look back in the history, I've always heard that you cash in a title at any time. It's just we always assume it was a world title. Why would you go after any other title, right? That's, that's I don't know. So, anyways, it, um, all right, so worst storyline. By the way, Jeremy's last year worst angle hmm. was the, Golden Egg, which also <laughs> featured. It was Austin Theory related. <laughs> yes. In Ring of Honor, in Ring of Honor closing was also my worst. Uh, I had Ring of Honor closing and Golden Egg. I'm glad that that the first one, uh, the yeah. the the Ring of Honor closing has rectified itself to an extent. Um, mine last year worst storyline was the Bearcat Lee Keith Lee debut, like trying to do that, whatever that was. Um, so um, if you want to call it that, mine this year though. Um, had to be Luchasaurus turns on Jungle Boy, then relines with Jungle Boy just to turn around and turn on Jungle Boy again. That is my oh. worst storyline angle of twenty. Pretty good. Too. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Good choice on that one. Um, let's see. I well oh, in Eric, real last life. Year you picked by the way. You picked uh, the Fiend with the well the Fiend and Lexa and Lily like that whole. Yeah, T- still tied to the thing after he was already gone, kind of deal. Yeah, and uh, who knows where we might be getting back toward that <laughs> era? But I, th- I think that at least the stuff with the fiend or with Bray Wyatt, uh, at least this time around, is starting to get intriguing. We're only at the beginning of that, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, in real life, of course, yeah, the Punk and Bucks and and Kenny situation obviously is a big deal, uh, and only to people that know about it. Like Jeremy said, nobody knows if you. Don't follow the internet like we do. You are just completely left in the dark. Like whatever happened to those guys and why did they not have the titles? You just, uh, they just went away. There was no explanation. There was no nothing. It just, they were there one day and the next day they were gone. Um, Obviously the Vince McMahon situation, we can't go through this whole show without talking about Vince McMahon and his indiscretions, which weren't a big surprise to anybody i don't think but the fact that he is now completely gone i think uh you know it that's a that's a real life storyline um but but as far as a wrestling storyline goes this one just doesn't do it for me um and it's uh the Miz, dexter and and johnny gargano storyline it just yeah. it does not do it for me I, I don't hate any of these guys as a matter of fact i like all three of them mm-hmm. uh, it just the storyline just doesn't do it for me Okay. All right. I'm curious to see where they're going with it. I mean, but uh, but yeah, I got you. Uh, Linda, what's your worst angle storyline of 2022? That too, mainly because it just left me more confused of anything. But one was, I mean, first of all, we had that huge return of MJF as the devil. But then we saw the uh, assistance, the, uh, the partnership uh, with Stokely Hathaway and with the firm and how they stepped up to help them get the poker chip right. Um, and then for it to shortly turn and MJF just saying, I didn't need you any of this and that. I just, I felt like something could have been more of that. If you're going to 
bring in that partnership and introduce a different sterling with that and how, how much of an effect they did to help them get um, to being number one contender and whatnot. I feel like there could have been something more with that if they were going to introduce it to us, which they did. But instead, it was just quickly squashed and there was really nothing more with that. And that, right. could, go, that could go down to what happened at the media scrum, which they salvaged and with oh, a completely yeah. different level. So there's a possibility. I agree with you there. They still, And it goes back to what, to, to what Eric was saying earlier about, hey, yeah, the internet knows what happened, or we we pay attention, but yet why don't you explain to the people that don't may don't know about don't pay attention to the internet on that? And then that could have explained that story because there might be people that go, Wait, what what happened? Now he's tied with them, now he's not, and what happened to our champion? CM Punk's gone? I'm confused. You know, so there could have been there could have been some fan and I'm sure there are. There you know, very few, but there could be. Yeah, and Eric brought that up too a little bit. Are the abandonment of storylines on AEW? It's just like they change factions, no explanation. You got one week the the leader of the six man tag team champions, and the next week it's like, hey, we got a tournament for this thing we've been doing the last six weeks. We're gonna we're gonna redo it again, but with these two teams. And great point, Linda, because I always felt like, well, why didn't the firm try to come out? And for the next four or five, I mean, it would have been a great storyline. I feel like them trying to get retribution. No, I hate that word now. Um, <laughs> for for MJF telling them, hey, I don't need you all. And they did that with Regal, too. It was like, uh-huh. Regal's now the, the manager of MJF. And the next week was like, just kidding. But here's a video to show you. I was just kidding with MJF. It's just, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like the abandonment stuff. I wish they would have never shown that video, that the yeah. video afterwards. Because I did like the, you know, how, you know, just dastardly that MJF was. I, I think that, you know, it just fell into their hands with Regal leaving. Uh, that they could do that. Uh, but why show the video later? That didn't make sense. Um, oh, but another thing that I, um, and it, I was reminded of it because for now we're seeing uh, some more vignettes of a, a different version of Lacey Evans. Um, for a while there, we had uh, the story from the heart and it was really going to strong baby face angle. I mean, to where she was somebody where uh, like little girls can look up to her and want to be her and just keep her as a really strong baby face. But it started off that way. And then it quickly went to, she's a heel and just not even being put in that position where it looked like she could have been, um, you know, earlier in the year. So um, I know we've been seeing some more vignettes So hopefully we can get Lacey Evans back in the, the stronger, uh, you know, style or stronger personality. Um, that's more, um, in a positive light, I guess. But that, that was just something that kind of came to mind once we started seeing some more uh, Lacey Evans um, revival stuff. Yeah, no, good good stuff there, good stuff. Um, next up, we're going to go with best angle storyline of 2022, and um, I'll uh, start this one. And I picked... Um, I picked basically anything with MGF, MJF and the White Rabbit reveal and how they did that. I mm-hmm. thought that was very intriguing, very good of how they, you know, how kept you on the edge of your seat, like kept you looking for QR codes and, and all this stuff and, and all these different Easter eggs that took you on another Easter egg, another Easter egg. Like it was pretty wild. But, uh, but yeah, but then again, anything with MGF, anything, anything other than, I guess, the firm situation she just talked about. But uh, it was still good when it happened. <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's my, uh, that's my uh, best angles of 2022. Last year, um, I picked um, <laughs> what was that? CM Punk and MJF, mm-hmm. and then um, 
MJF and Jericho. So pretty much, uh, look at that. MJF kind of own own there. Jeremy, you picked KO and versus Roman. That whole angle they did, and then um, Eric, you picked uh, um, Roman. Heyman and Lesnar, that love triangle or something going on when Heyman was kind of with both of them, sort of, or like, or whatever, with one, but still like, you didn't know if he was with the other and that kind of deal, which was actually really good. Um, so there you go. All right. So Eric, you're next. What's your, what's the best angle of 2022 for you? Um, I, I liked your pick there talking about the white rabbit stuff. Uh, that's another one that, that kind of goes the opposite. You know, when we talked about, um, you know, them, like the regular audience not knowing what happened to CM Punk, this is kind of the same deal because if you didn't get online, if you didn't search the QR codes, if you didn't do any of that stuff, basically what you got was a huge surprise that Bray Wyatt showed up. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was great. I heard people complaining like, oh, it was cool, but I wish we hadn't have known he was coming. Well, there's plenty of people that didn't know because right. not everybody yep. was looking at the QR code. So I thought it was brilliantly done, uh, but the story's not over yet. So I can't pick that one. There's still more to come, and I want to see where it goes. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes coming back and his story about, you know, wanting to chase what his dad never could do. That's a great story. It's not over yet. So I don't want to pick that one. Uh, I We just talked about it. The MJF Regal thing. It may have been out of convenience, but I love the way it happened. Because I love, I love that you know they started. They talked about the email that Regal sent him. You know, Regal turns on his guys. He helps MJF, and MJF's just such a bastard that he turns right around and says, "Thanks for the help. See you bye." I, I love it, and everything with MJF. I'm with you. Love it. All right, all right. There we go. All right. So, uh, Linda, who do you got? What's your best angle storyline of 2022? That would be the honorary Moose, Sami Zayn, uh, being part of the bloodline and officially, um, or just really the turnaround. I mean, just think about the the whole Usi moment. I mean, they, they, everybody was already loving Sami Zayn. I just say everybody, I should speak for everyone. But uh, many were uh, enthused at the addition of Sami Zayn into the bloodline, whether it was official, non-official. We didn't really know the full spectrum of that. Um, and then just having the, like that moment where the Albro character, the whole Usi moment, and that was just tremendous uh, to see. And just, um, I don't know, there's something funny. I mean, not just because that happened, but also that was when, I believe that was when rubbing through the, um, uh, the, was his t-shirt. Yeah. Did it say a Sammy or Oose or, yeah. Or, um, so that was a big point right there. And, you know, to your point too, this one is still ongoing as well, but it did uh, encompass a lot of the year. So that would be my top pick. Um, I also had on here, White Rabbit, just the intrigue of that. I mean, if you don't, at least for myself, if I don't catch any programming live, I'll catch it on DVR. I'll fast forward uh, through, you know, parts of it and the commercials, maybe parts of, you know, here and there. But the White Rabbit saga was something I kept a keen eye on. I didn't want to miss uh, any QR codes or any quick flashes. So that was like something very unique that just got me really more invested in watching for every single moment um, of WWE programming um, during that whole saga but another thing i just kind of want to mention um i don't like how it quickly ended but i did really enjoy how they uh really revived the 24 7 title earlier this year um with our truth and reggie and dana and um tamina and zawa um just brought for some good entertainment um we we're really sure where this was going to take us where i mean it, it took away from that 24 7 uh chase the train that that was a little bit ridiculous but it, it was funny but then it kind of got okay 
mm-hmm. who's going to be the champion, who's this and that, or, or you know, because it could change so quick. But that was a good point early to me in the year. It was very humorous. I enjoyed it, but I don't really like how it just ended so quickly then. But then again, um, Copper Sea just was that title anyway. So uh, that's what I got. All right, Jeremy, um, who do you've got? Uh, what do you got for best angle storyline of 2022? Look, I wrote a lot down because I knew y'all all were going to steal mine, but you didn't steal my number one one. I've got the White Rabbit. I've got MJS Road to the Championship. And my guy, the honorary Us, Sammy Uso, that whole um, journey there as well. But mine was, it wasn't really a storyline, but it was a real life angle. And that was Triple H taking over this company and improving it 50 fold. I thought you were going to go Bring with it. another one. I thought you were going to go with another real life storyline angle. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> going to go there. Okay. All right. Look, Vince can never come back. Um, but just bringing old school elements back to programming, bringing war games up to the main roster, bringing these people back that were unrightfully in most of our eyes uh, released. Just done a great job. He, he Everything he touches is gold pretty much and salute to him. We know they listen every week. So shout out um, that Venmo has not come through yet, but still a shout out to, uh, to trips and everything he does, especially coming off. He had a heart attack last year. They took, they no pun intended, they ripped the heart out of NXT and turned it into a cartoon programming show. For him to bounce back, to come back and say, you know what? Nah, we're not doing NXT 2.0 no more. We're going to turn it back into what I loved about it, and we're going to put Sean in charge of it. Just like there's so many things that you could mention that he's done this year. I'm not going to do it because... The show could be six hours long legitimately, but hats off to him. He Tremendous job he's done since he's taken over uh, six months ago. Was it six months ago he took over? Yeah. SummerSlam, SummerSlam was in July. If I could it narrow it down, if I can narrow it down to one phrase for Triple H for all of this, it's being open-minded, which yeah. Vince wasn't. And I, I think he's he's open to do things different. and And that's what I love about it. Vince is open for something, but it's open for business and not in a good way. But uh, yeah, for sure. And I, I just remember, so SummerSlams normally in August, it was at the end of July this year. Yeah. 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 So that's, been, that's been less than five months. Well, no, he took over before that. That was the first pay-per-view he was in charge of, but he took over the first week of July. That's still only been five, like July, August, September, October, November. Okay. So at the end of this month, it, it'll be six months, but still probably the best six months that WWE's had in quite a while, in my opinion. All right, next up, we're going to go with um, female wrestler of the year, followed by wrestler of the year. And, um, you know, you actually could have the same answer in both, technically. Your wrestler of the year could be your female wrestler of the year as well. Uh, So um, leading the charge on this one is going to be Eric. Eric, last year, your female wrestler of the year was uh, Thunder Rosa. And uh, I, uh, Jeremy picked wow. uh, Bianca Belair, and I picked Diana Perrazzo. So, um, 
here we go. Female wrestler of the year. Eric, who is your female wrestler of the year? Well, things can sure change in a year, can't they? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go back with the, the, the standard that will not let me down, although it may let your daughter down. Uh, Bianca Belair is my pick for female wrestler of the year. She's been there all year long. Uh, she hasn't suffered some of the uh, setbacks and injuries some of the other uh, ladies have, and she's carried that banner, and she will continue to carry that banner. Bianca Belair. All right, Linda Kay, who do you have as your female wrestler of the year? Great choice there with Bianca, but I'm going to go with somebody who made big headlines this week because she really, really was the face of NXT. That being Mandy Rose, um, being a champion. It was, I believe it was at 413 days uh, before uh, dropping the title this week to Roxanne Perez. But I mean, bringing her back to NXT and really bringing more eyes to the product, if you will, um, especially with NXT being, you know, that 2.0 change. Um, I mean, she was dominant. And then also, um, you know, being the leader of Toxic Attraction, uh, the, the the lead stable there, I feel at least with the women's um, stables there at NXT. Uh, yeah, it was a shock this week to her being released. Um, she, she was definitely, uh, you know, been an excellent excellent champion i mean in ring um just promos just again being the face of nxt and being that leader um she had a huge year unfortunately um at least her time with wwe ended this week but definitely more in the horizon uh, for mandy rose all right jeremy who you got who's your pick mandy rose (laughs) i'm not saying nothing else she just said it all mandy no, honestly, and I was talking to who was I? Oh, I was talking to Steve earlier about this. Mandy is the first person that I can remember who went down to NXT and improved exponentially. She was the must see programming every week. Her wrestling improved tenfold. She and apparently she was must see a, a television. Uh, viewing because that's what got her fired from NXT but nevertheless um it just I mean she did like when she went down to NXT I was like well though she'll be in the next set of releases but she learned how to wrestle down there and and I blame that a little bit for the fact she came in under the tough enough umbrella they didn't they did all that stuff really really quick and it was for show and she didn't have a good main roster run in my opinion but she was fire in NXT and Man, I hate to see her go. Well, Jeremy, we're glad that you like to get your fan time in. Uh, I'm talking about Mandy Rose. Um, so um, I didn't see any of the videos. I just heard about them. I, I was I'm happily about, married. I don't talking about. I'm just saying you're a fan. T- you, you, I'm not a fan only of her. I'm <laughs> a fan right. of many people. Anyways, um, my female wrestler of the year, um, I picked. It's actually, I have an honorable mention, but I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch has had an amazing year. Yes, she even was injured for a few months of that year, but she still came back strong and still it, it doesn't it doesn't knock what she did from the beginning of the year all the way up until the end of July. And like I said, when she came back, she came back with a with a vengeance and uh had a had a big uh, big uh return and a uh and had an important role in that War Games match. And still on top there. My honorable mention would have been Jordan Grace, just with what she's done all year now that currently the the knockout, the impact, well, impact knockouts world title champion, uh, what she's doing there. And uh, she's got a big match, and she could be the one to end Mickey James's career um, 
next month at uh, Hard to Kill it too as well. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, but Becky Lynch overall though is my uh, my choice for female wrestler of the year. All right. So hey, Neil, uh, can I I'll just mention Jordan Grace? Fantastic choice as well. And then I also had an honorable mention just based off of what a huge year it was for her and her undefeated record. I know like there's some mixed reviews. However, if you just look, I mean, I don't want to just even say on paper, but on TV, on on film there, Jade Cargill um, having a huge year as well. Um, you know, improving in the ring, um, having the addition of the baddies and becoming more of a fan favorite as well as that undefeated record. Um, there's still so much more we can see or we can do what, what more to come, I guess, um, what can be done with Jade Cargill. But um, that's a good honorable mention. Here. Yeah, champion. That's a, good, yeah. that's a good honorable mention for sure. Um, we're going to go now with the um, um, with the f- male wrestler of the year. And Linda, you start off on this one. Linda, who do you got as your male, or I'm sorry, as your wrestler of the year? Could be a female as well. Who's your wrestler of the year? Um, while he may not be on our uh, television sets every week, I mean, I know I mentioned a top dog reference before, but I mean, he is the number one um, representative, I guess you can put it in that light. But that being the head of the table, Roman Reigns, um, just being in his position, being the undisputed champion, being for how long and just his dominance and how it's like bow to the leader. Um, it's so hard to believe like when the titles will be taken off Roman and who, uh, but right now, I mean, there's really no one else as high as on top as Roman Reigns right now in my eyes. So uh, I'm going to go with 2022 rest of the year, Roman Reigns. All right, and uh, last year, Jeremy, you had Roman Reigns as your number one. Eric, you also had Roman Reigns as your number one. I had Moose, and along with the honorable mention of Edge, as the number one. So, Jeremy, who is your number one wrestler of the year? Did you say number one as in we the ones? It's Roman Reigns again, man. Like, we haven't, there is nothing that I've seen quite like the run he's on. Maybe Hulk Hogan when I was a toddler, uh, like five, six, seven years old, you know, to that range. Uh, and the thing is, you didn't care. You don't care that he's. Hulk. I wish they take one set of the titles off of him in the Usos. I don't. I don't like that part of it. But the fact that he's held onto this championship and you don't care that brings back major Hulk Hogan vibes. Because we didn't. We wanted to see our favorite guy win, and he did every week for like three years. And, you know, it is what it is. So it's Roman for me again, which is odd because you can attest to this. They don't know this. Roman used to be my most hated wrestler right there with John Cena and Dean Ambrose. I would. hmm. I mean, you said right there, but I still think the other two led over Roman. Um Especially, I, I bought a Roman action doll to slam on the table the one episode. Remember, I've never bought a John Cena or a Dean Ambrose well, you can't uh, action John figure. <laughs> all right, anyways, uh, <laughs> all right. So no. my my <laughs> my rest of the year now. Now I I I had to split it. Right, again, I had to go down. I could just pick one, um, even though one is the one. Um, 
Roman Reigns, yes, for sure. But I had to look at also what somebody has done in the career. Because I looked at what somebody has done over this year. Yes, they've won. They're the double champion, the undisputed heavyweight world universal champion, whatever you call it, champion and all this stuff. But if you And they've had some great caliber matches. But then you look at someone who's put in a lot more work this year in the ring compared to Roman. And so that's why they get a little bit of an edge and get right there with him. And that is Josh Alexander. So my wrestlers of the year is Josh Alexander with Roman Reigns. So it's hard to put one above the other. Um, so I'm not going to do no, that. No, it really isn't hard to put one above the other. One is exponentially a 150 million times more of a difference maker than the other just by sheer viewer numbers alone. But I get what, you know, you got to, you got to tell the company line and throw in a couple of, you know, snowballs, no pun intended here and there. Softballs, not snowballs. I'm sure if Impact Wrestling was on the USA Network, be just as many, or Fox TV, be just as many views watching that too as well. So we lost him. He's gone. (laughs) He's gone. He just, he just pieced right out. No. Um, Come on. Again, you had to know that uh, Daniel was going there and that's fine. Josh Alexander, wonderful wrestler. uh, Good dude. Um, however, and I'm I'm going different from everybody else. Uh, you know, while Roman, yes, Roman's awesome. I, I yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've, I'm going off the page here because uh, Roman, I do, I agree, does deserve it. But I'm going to talk about a guy who's been in the ring. One thing we say a lot is, "Oh, this guy's getting buried." You know, we don't say that, but we hear people say it all the time when somebody loses. Oh, they're getting buried. They're getting buried. They're getting buried. Well, they're not getting buried if you can take a loss and still be, you know, it's like Teflon. It just rolls right off of you. I know who you're going to say. And there is a guy who has done this better than anybody all year long, losing and losing and losing and losing, yet is still one of the top guys. Daniel, yep, you know who I'm talking about. Seth Rollins. Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yes. He lost three straight matches to Cody. He lost matches to Riddle. He lost to Lashley. He's lost to everybody you can possibly lose to this year. He is still, he's not getting buried. He is making himself the man. And uh and uh, he is better off because of it. And, and his wife back, his wife is the man, not him. That's right. You're we, right. We go back to daughter's opinion when uh daughter looked the rest of the year, she's like, Yeah, Roman, but Seth Rollins, come on. She immediately was like, Seth Rollins is a way over Roman Reigns, yeah. even though she loves Roman. So there you go. So daughter seemed to be maybe right on overrated, maybe not, but she's definitely right on rest of the year for according to you, Eric. So um, I'll give her that, and I, and I love that pick. I that that's he was an honorable mention to me written down, but it but I chose the other two over him. But honestly, now that you say it, I probably could easily put him over the other two. So good good pick, good pick. Can I? And can I add somebody real quick? Somebody that that Eric just reminded me of. Sure. Chris Jericho, he's also he just lost to yes, yes, uh, Jobber McJobnuts the wait, other night. Wait, 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 like, wait, wait, Chris Jericho, someone you also don't like. No, I like Chris Jericho. Oh, okay. I thought you was. I thought he was also on your list of people you never cared about. No, 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 no. I'm I'm a, a Jerichoholic, uh, brother. Okay. Uh, no, he has reinvented himself seventeen uh-huh. times this year. He loses. He he's lost to Garcia. He's lost to uh, Daniel Bryan. He's lost to uh, Jobby McJobber. And he it's almost like it doesn't even phase him. Like the next week he's coming out talking like he's the biggest thing going over there. So I wanted to add him as the AEW 
uh, bounce, you know, Teflon guy. All right. Oh, like it. All right, Jeremy, you're up next with this next uh, category here. It's going to be bold predictions. Let's let's go back to next year. Just see where we did on bold predictions last year. Jeremy, your bold <laughs> prediction was a big return at the Royal Rumble, and then you um, – and I, I feel like you had a bold prediction about AEW and WWE doing something together. Uh, uh, yeah, my, my bold predictions were we will see AEW and WWE do a few things together, which they did, and we will see a shocking return at the Rumble that nobody saw coming. We just lost Eric, um, and we did with, with – do you want me to continue? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, Eric, where'd you go? Um, and we did see a return. Mickey James was not somebody that we expected to see at the Rumble, and – AEW and WWE's worked on a couple of uh, documentary stuff. Um, mm-hmm. WWE allowed AEW to join in. I think it was Cena's twenty years or under it was somebody's, and they allowed some of their stars to send in videos that appeared on Raw. So, oddly enough, both predictions I normally nail those every year. This year, I'm going to say. Um, now, this one is not going to only say this because I want to finally say something that doesn't happen. We're going to see Tony Khan on WWE television. Oh, there's going to be a con on the name, but it's the, the first name's not. Uh, what's the other one's name? Nick. Nick it, the, but the, the first name's not Nick. And then the the music hits and Tony comes down the hallway. But no, I think we're going to see some more multiple returns in both of the. Uh, both of the Royal Rumbles and the men's and the women's match. I feel like there's some injuries that are going to be starting to clear up. I feel like uh, last year with the success of Mickey James, that there, there has to be something else done there. So yeah, that that's mine. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of Eric, he says uh, his internet crashed or something. Um, um, yeah. Well, while Linda, while Linda sends her, uh, says hers, why don't you just have him send us? Well, well actually, I'm actually next. So, um, okay. Going, Sorry. Still going to order. That's okay. My boat prediction last year I said was um, was WWE is going to sell. That was my boat prediction. Now, I, and it looked like to your favor. It looked like it was going to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, it looked like it did. You know, like it was going to happen that way. But uh, but um, unfortunately, it didn't. Well, fortunately. Unfortunately, I, it did not because I was wrong, but fortunately, it didn't sell because Triple H took over, so it's pretty good. Um, my bold prediction this year is um, is basically uh, – where did I write it down? Oh, it's right here. Uh, sorry, I, I moved it out of the way. Bold prediction this year is – now, granted, a big – I'm talking a big Royal Rumble return, bigger than Mickey James last year, bigger than anything you ever thought. It's a huge – Royal Rumble return. Somebody that, you know, I don't know. They could electrify the place. I think it's going to be a big return. Uh, don't be a punk about it. Okay. Well, you never know. All right. So that's mine. Uh, Eric can see if he sends it in or not. But Eric, I, I did want Eric to talk about this because Eric's actually bold prediction last year was Vince going away forever. Now, really? he thought it was going to be tied to this golden egg thing. That's what this, the whole thing was about. But he basically said Vince is going to go away forever. And, um, and, the, and then he also said um, ROH is not going away because 
time. We mm-hmm. it was, they, they announced they were going away. He said, there's not going away. There was something, somebody's going to come in and do something with it, which what happened? Tony Khan bought it. So like, it, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that, um, all of us, I mean, I was a little off on the selling part of it, but, um, there was definitely a change of ownership because Triple yeah. H took over. So I'll give you half credit on yours, and I, th- I think Eric gets half credit on his as well. I get full credit on mine, as, as always. Yeah. But yeah. y'all get half credit. So anyways, like I said, my bold prediction this year is um, is the um, is the big, big Royal Rumble return. Big, big Royal Rumble return. And I think we're about to be joined by Eric. If so, um, we'll let him go ahead with his – and uh, we're just waiting on him. Uh, Eric, can you hear us? All right, so Eric is not there. He can't hear us, so I don't know if something's happened to him. He crashed Ooh. or whatnot, so I hate that we didn't end the show, but it was nice having Eric when we had him. Hopefully he can send us in his uh, responses, and then we can read them on the air the final couple segments here. So, Linda, who do you have as your – what do you have as your boat prediction? Uh, well, someone who just had a very low point um, that is now – Flipping it on the positive end, being the United States champion right now, Austin Theory, I feel, will have a huge 2023, the year of theory, if you will. And I, I I would like to see this match happen at WrestleMania while we're on the brink of WrestleMania season. I would like to see Austin Theory against John Cena. A lot of similarities there and obviously both great uh, uh, U.S. championship title holders. Um, I'm not sure exactly what will happen as far as who will take the titles off Roman Reigns. I'm sure there's, you know, obviously the, the, the talk of the person who um, you mentioned, Daniel, um, who could electrify the rumble, who um, could perhaps take that, but we don't know. So therefore, if the titles do switch at some point, I just feel that Austin Theory, I think by the end of 2023 could by chance be a heavyweight champion in WWE. And I don't know if it'll still be a unified championship or if it's going to be, you know, a separate universal and, um, you know, WWE champion, heavyweight champion and whatnot. I think that Austin theory of a year, I'm going to make that bold prediction. Um, right. WWE champion. Um, that's my pick. A lot of pressure year. on you to get that right. Cause we all wait, all three of us nail those every year. So <laughs> I have another quick prediction. Okay. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> far as taking the titles off the Usos, I mentioned before, I know it's said amongst, um, you know, a lot of uh, the IWC, but perhaps a tag team who could possibly take it from the Usos if KO and Sami Zayn reunite. But I just feel, you know, KO later on, classic KO will be turning on Sami Zayn and later breaking apart that um, said uh, tag team championship. But that's just me thinking down the line, but I'm just thinking of some bold predictions um, I see happening. And, And then with, you know, some heavy hitters right now in WWE. Yeah. So, all right. Eric sent me his bold prediction. Um, his Eric's bold prediction is going to be Roman takes a significant, significant time off. WWE buys all or some of Impact. And OVW mm. will be on another level. Oh. I like that. I like all those. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So, let's go with uh, now... Uh, we do our we. This is our final topic. We end the show. We always ended it with. It's going to be real quick, um, and then we'll get to closing the show. We appreciate everyone listening and supporting Ringside Podcast, and thank you for tuning in this entire almost two hours 
uh, of this show we we're going to do. And it was going to be long since we this show is always longer, but then having four pa- people give it on the panel, giving giving your thoughts is going to make it a little longer. So we appreciate that. You get us all on the podcast avenues: Google Play, Stitcher Radio, um, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio app, or just go to ringsidepodcast.com. So again, thank you so much for listening and supporting the Ring Sound Podcast, and be sure to check out all of our sponsors at CarNobleBrand.com and Pro Wrestling Insurance. All right, so the um, this is the moment where we're going to see who do we like to see in these different promotions, and I'll start off on this one here. So um, who we want to see? We are, we're going to pick somebody from AEW. Or, I'm sorry, we're going to pick somebody that we want to see in WWE. Going to pick somebody we want to see in AEW. Going to pick somebody we want to see in Impact. Going to pick somebody we want to see in OVW. Last year, okay, I picked for WWE. I picked Jericho. For AEW, I picked KO. And if you remember, both of their contracts were not. We don't know if they're going to renew or what was going on, right? For Impact, I picked Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was currently a free agent at the time. And for OVW, I picked the Outrunners. Can't see the other name, but it was John something. Cena. It wasn't John Cena. It wasn't John Cena. I don't know who I wrote down. It's real small. Uh, was it uh, Johnny Nitro? That's who it was. John Morrison. Yes, thank you. Um, and then Jeremy, you picked the Inner Circle for WWE. Um, you picked um, Charlotte Flair for AW. Mm-hmm. Also Bray Wyatt for Impact and Ryback at OVW. No, I picked Sammy Callahan for OVW. I, I listened to the show last week, and you picked Ryback. You said, "Bro, I, I wrote them all down." And my impact was Bray and Braun, by the way. But uh, as good as we are at bold predictions, we oh, you did equal. pick Bray. You did pick Bray and Braun. You're right. And then Eric picked um, uh, Christian and Jay Lethal back in WWE. Uh, he he picked nobody for AEW because <laughs> they had too many already at the time. He right. Said. He picked Keith Lee for Impact, and he picked the Gun Club. Uh, and Ace Austin, and um, and then he even shout out Billy Starks. So here we go. My people that I want to see in WWE, I got two. I would love to see Eric Young and Chelsea Green uh, in the WWE. Um, this guy in AEW. I hate you. I have the Outrunners. They have appeared on AEW, but I mean like officially in mm-hmm. AEW. Impact. I, I, picked, I, I see what you're doing here. Insider information. And in, in impact. I picked shotgun, Tony Gunn. But now I'm going to throw in Mandy Rose because she is available. Um, and then at OVW, yes, because she just turned 18 and she now can get a Kentucky license. We have seen her a little bit in in OVW when we was over in Indiana, but I want to see Billy Starks. In OVW, and I believe she would be the superstar. And I, next year, I'm going to call her the OVW. I'm going to bold prediction. Go back on my bold prediction. She's going to be the OVW Women Wrestler of the Year because she's going to kill it in OVW next year if she comes to 2023. So that is my list. Since Eric usually would be next, I'm going to go ahead and read his list, and then we'll get sure. on to um, over to um, Linda, and then Jeremy, you'll end it off. So um, in WWE. Uh, Eric picked, he wants to see FTR and Al Snow into the Hall of Fame. I like that one. Al Snow in the yep. Hall of Fame and FTR yep. back at WB. And AEW, he picked uh, just their own stars, so no one knew. Um, kind of, that was like the same thing for last year he picked. Uh, Running it, joke. In Impact, he picked the Outrunners. Um, he also threw in an NXT. Now, I didn't 
doing NXT, but I like Luke and Layla in NXT. He, that's what he picked. Um, okay, I'm okay with that. I mean, Layla, I think, signed with AEW, but hey, it could happen. And uh, OVW, he put more legends like a Doug Basham, like Conway, Flash, Spears, um, Batista, um, Cocabana, like that. So that's what he wants some more legends to come back in OVW. So that's a pretty good list. I like that. Um, Linda, who do you got? Who do you want to see in these places? Uh, for WWE, if Mickey James, I don't know about the retiring match, what happens with that, but hey, the Forbidden Door was open for her at the Royal Rumble last year. Let's have some Mickey James back at WWE. Uh, for AEW, um, you know, I was excited when Adam Cole and Red Dragon were all together there, and we have not seen them on AEW television for quite some time. So, you know, it's all about the boom. So if we could hear that and get some Adam Cole, baby, uh, as, long as, Ky- as well as Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish um, together as well in ADF. But heck, that's where Roderick Strong as well. I, I know we don't necessarily want to uh, bring back the exact same um, um, Undisputed Era faction, but we, we were missing one link earlier this year. So perhaps um, we get um, that resurgence there on AEW. Um, for Impact, women's division, you know, we, we, we have not seen Thunder Rosa on AEW. We have not seen too much Serena Deeb on AEW. Let's let's get some more more shine and more spotlight on the women there for impact. And you know what? Let's throw in Mandy Rose in there as well. Let's get some Mandy back on our television screens, phones, tablets. I always make that joke there. And then for OVW, um I when I joined OVW last year, I just missed Brian Fuller Jr.'s title reign. Um I, his name came up this past week as well. Um, me and Eric um were talking about well, Eric Marceau, but the cage match, um, the last time we had the cage set up inside Davis Arena was for um, Christmas Chaos. That would have mm-hmm. been 2020. And I believe um, Brian Tillman, um, you know, being um, part of that as well. So I'm also speaking with Brian Tillman Jr. this year, just a couple of shows. I was mentioning him, you know, I was like, I joined OVW just as you, I was missing your title reign. So um, he you know, spoke some great things about OVW as well. So, hey, let's get some Brian Tillman Jr. back uh, down there at Davis Arena. Um, otherwise, Mandy Rose coming on to OB Dub. <laughs> Why not? All right, good picks. I like it. I like it. Jeremy, you're going to end it off here. What do you? What is your wants and and who you have in WWE? Well, first off, I want to finish my statement that you interrupted me so very rudely in the middle of. As good as we are at knocking these bold predictions out, I think we've m- maybe been right once or twice on who we'd like to see. Uh, in, in a different promotion for me, I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to reverse it a little bit for a reason because Linda just always takes all my stuff. So, um, inadvertently, of course for OVW, for me, I, I'd like to see Eddie Edwards down at OVW. I think he would be a, not only a great, uh, uh, talent there, but a great teacher, uh, for impact. I'd like to see Jonah make his return since we've not seen anything out of him. Uh, WWE wise, yet yeah, you would have thought he'd have been uh, the, in the great hiring spree of August 2022. Uh, for AEW, I'm going to go Mandy Rose. I feel like she is a top dollar attraction. Uh, if you ask her OnlyFans subscribers, they'll probably agree. But she is a a to me. You take all that stuff out of the way because I didn't know any. Of the, apparently, that had been going on for a while, and WWE just found out about it. Taking that out of the way and not judging or anything she had the best 2022 uh to me out of all the female rest out of all the women's wrestlers so i'd like to see her 
uh, bounce back. And for me, for WWE, it, it's all about the boom for me too. And I want to see the Undisputed Era reform. I don't know how they do it. I think I'm throwing up an L and a Q. It don't matter. I want to see the Undisputed Era reform in WWE uh, because Adam Cole under Triple H's guidance was money in NXT and it could be big money on the main roster. All right. Awesome. Pretty good picks there. Um, not bad, not bad. Um, and uh, yeah. Hold on. I'm, hold on. I'm trying to get this. There we go. I think I got it. It may be backwards. It doesn't matter. Just do the boom and point to yourself. <laughs> All right. So um, there we go. I uh, That is our 2022 ringside review. End of the year rewards, the ringsides, the, the, the snowies, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's what it is. Guys, thanks for listening. As always, uh, you can get us on the, on the podcast that news as I mentioned earlier. We can get us on the social media, the Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook at Ringside Podcast. Individually on Twitter and Facebook. Excuse me. Individually on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Jeremy underscore CSZ. And I'm at Linda K22. All right, and Eric is Eric on the air, so be sure to follow him if you haven't heard that in a while, and I'll, I want to give him a shout-out, uh, reach yeah. out to Thank you, Eric, even though you're gone right now, you can't hear us. Thank you, Eric, for coming on and being a part of this. For sure, we appreciate uh, you. Guys, Ringside is done for the year 2022. We will not be back until the year 2023, where we're going to come back with a bang uh, with some interviews we got lined up. Many things, as we also get started with the Royal Rumble, as we the road to WrestleMania leads to as that, but we got Hard to Kill uh, coming up in, in uh, January. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We got a lot, lot of stuff going on, a lot of excitement in 2023. I can't wait. If you have your own picks, your own thoughts, and whatnot, you feel free to reach us out on social media, tweet, uh, share your picks. Um, yeah. we, we know a couple's already done it. We feel free to re- put those out there and say who you who you uh, uh, think is the best, um, and hey, why not? If you disagree with us, go ahead. It's fine. It's it's uh, that it's all subjective. It's all our own individual opinions, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, yeah, uh, guys, any last thoughts? Any last comments before we close up? Ladies first, of course. Oh, I'm just grateful to be a part of this. Thank you so much for welcoming. Welcome. Oh gosh, welcome me to the ringside podcast with y'all and excited to see uh you know our predictions from this ringsideies or snowies or i'm not sure what exactly um we pinpointed um this award show is being called but excited to see if any predictions do take place next year yeah me too it's always fun to look back and be like yes we said that you know for me, I, I, I think that I'm going to make a, a, another predi- – it's not going to be a bold prediction. I think it's just going to be flat-out true. I think L.A. Knight's going to be our breakout start of the year next year. He is starting to come into his own now. I mean, he's always – on WWE television, he's always been a, a freaking star. And I think we need to bring back – like a couple of years ago, we had – our favorite feuds was one of the categories. Because I've got, I've got mine listed on here on last year's uh, shot sheet, my favorite feuds from last year. So I'd like to bring that back for next season. Okay. I mean, I, I think we, I don't, I think we just, look, I just got this. I know this isn't old information cause I just got this computer like right before we did these last year. And I was like, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to just type them all in. So these well, are freshly typed. But, but that, that, the, the uh, categories that I send out, uh, I've been sending that the last three years. And I, all I do is take it and change that it's the same categories we've, been, we've done. So maybe I think, I think we may have called it, we, changed, we modify it to say best angle storyline. And it just turns out to be a feud. You could pick a feud. But Maybe I've got for some reason on this at the bottom of the spreadsheet it says Bel Air Banks, Lashley McIntyre, Rollins, Cesaro, Miz versus Bad Bunny, Orton Fiend, and Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Edge. So I don't know what else that would be referring to other than a feud. But but anyway, maybe a good uh, category to add for next year. But no, uh, I wish you all, everybody out there listening, you too as well, and Eric. Uh, hope y'all have a very happy holidays. And I'm excited for SmackDown tonight. It's supposed to be something huge happening. Uh, hope hope I haven't pumped it up to be too much like I tend to do from time to time. But let's start off Christmas break with uh, – you said we're going to start off next year with a bang. Let's start off Christmas break with a bang as well. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody stays safe and enjoys themselves. And thank you for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it, even with Daniel talking a lot. All right. Uh, yeah, guys, happy holidays uh, for sure. Happy New Year. See you guys in 2023. Thank you, Linda, for uh, coming on board and being a part at the, end, uh, the, the latter half of this year. And I can't wait for you to, to have a full year with us in Season 7 of Ringside Podcast as we close out Season 6. 